Welcome back to Travolta, covering The Punisher with special guest David Wolzinski. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Jeff. I am vengeance. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Is the Punisher in the oh, studio wow. with us today? I guess oh, so. Oh, boy. Uh, Jeff, we well, have a- Welcome back to Travolting, folks. Thank you so much for listening to our episode last week on Basic. Oh, yeah, we did Basic before we got, this. We got Basic last week. This yeah. week, we're getting punished <laughs> for our sins. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, so, The Punisher. Yes. This- t- 2004. 2004 film The Punisher starring Thomas Jane and of course John Travolta and besides Blade the only rated R superhero movie at this time at this time yeah yep. yeah it's a the uh, the second <laughs> the second of four attempts to do a live action Punisher which is more than Spider-Man uh, and almost as many as Batman Batman does take the cake because there's like 18 Batman. Yeah. There's too many Batman. Batman has like uh, like 1930s serials and everything. <laughs> yeah. Jeff had some thoughts on our Chains of Gold episode on Batman. I, but it's too many fucking Batman. We lost it all. <laughs> right now, yeah. I'm furious. that we. That's why that episode got deleted by accident. Uh, I recorded like a 20 minute rant about Batman and then the episode like got corrupted when we exported it. <laughs> it just too hot of a take. It was too hot of a take. Basically, like, you know, there's just... How many... Like, right now, there's a Batman movie coming out next March. It's a Flash movie with two Batman in it coming out later next year. So we have three live-action Batman. There's a Batman in, like, one of the TV shows. Yeah, the Harley Quinn animated one. And there's a Batwoman series on the CW. They're making a Batgirl movie Mm -hmm. with Batman in it. Like, there's, like, ten Batman right now. We gotta take a chill. We gotta take a step back reevaluate the situation because this is not sustainable because batman's the only superhero warner brothers knows how to market which is why anytime they do another superhero they're just a batman reskin of that batman in that movie yeah and it's like why why isn't there just like one batman in all of these because too many batman well because i think in the in the uh the flash one it's both ben affleck and michael keaton which the michael keaton one I'm okay with. Yeah. Yeah. I think fine. everyone I think everyone's okay with that, right? Like I'm I'm fine with, you know, if there was just a Batman and then he like they go to another universe and there's another Batman. That's fine. They're but doing that with this, Spider. They're doing that with Spider-Man, that. that's fine. Yeah. This is they're doing that, but there's also another Batman independent of that universe. And there's a Batgirl and a Batwoman with a Batman. Mm-hmm. And they're all different universes. <laughs> I'm so confused. I'm so con- I, it hurts me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, this is not Batman. This is not DC. This is The Punisher, a Marvel property. Yeah. Yes. Right, we're going. We're gonna. We're gonna. And we have very special ga- guest. Yes, David. <laughs> David. Hi. Coming in with some Punisher knowledge. Yes. All right. So, uh, where do you want to begin? Uh... <laughs> well, we'll jump right into the context corner on this episode. I'll do. I'll do a little Travolta, and then I'll also just hand the floor over to you for some Punisher information. Oh wow. Um. So you know, we're picking up with John at a at a rough point, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, he's still trying to recover from Battlefield Earth. Um, his attempts at that have all so far not gone so well. And we talked about the archetypal movies of his comeback films. Yes. So, like, you know, we had Basic, which was his quasi-pulp fiction mm. sort of film. Where, like, when he did Blowout, he did his quasi-Grease film yeah. with Olivia Newton-John, Two of a Kind. Yeah. He's essentially just recreating the steps that he did in the past that didn't work for him then and they don't work for him now. 
So what's and this recreating? This is trying to recapture his villain streak in the 90s. We're like, yeah. they were casting him as a big guy villains. Yeah. Broken, Broken arrow, arrow, face off. And sync that. That was really cute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they're cat that he was, you know, he even Battlefield Earth, he's playing the villain. Like he's known for being a good villain guy. You can bring him in and he'll give you a good villain performance. So he's trying to get back to that in what seems like it's gonna be, I'm sure at the time, then like the next wave of Hollywood is the superhero flicks. Cause this is after the wave of X Men. Yeah, this is after X Men, Spider Man, Blade. X2 came out already. X2 has come out. Yes. Um, and Blade 2 has already come out. I actually have the other superhero movies that came out that year. Spider-Man 2 was the same year, right? Yep. Spider-Man 2, Blade 3, movie. Hellboy, uh, Catwoman, and The Incredibles. The Halle Berry Catwoman? Yes. Okay, so that the one set it back a few years. Yeah. <laughs> same with Blade 3. Uh, Blade Trinity. <laughs> right, Trinity. That's Yeah, Blade Trinity with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, uh, yeah. In his first of five superhero roles. Right. Because he tried that. And hey, he re- stuck the landing on one. I, Blade didn't really work out for him. He's like, okay, I'm going to come back as Deadpool in this X-Men movie. Didn't really work out. You're right. He's like, okay, my real one's going to be Jonah Hex. It didn't really oh, work out. Oh, I forgot out. about he's Jonah in, he's Hex. In, he's, in, he's in Jonah Hex, I was Hex, like, right? four? What are you talking about? Because he's in Jonah Hex. Uh, I just want to confirm he's in Jonah Hex. I'm pretty sure he is. Is he in Jonah Hex? Maybe I'm just thinking of Josh Brolin. I'm just thinking I think of Josh, Josh Brolin. Because Josh Brolin was also in a lot of superhero movies. Yeah, because... We all know the famous or infamous one, the Green Lantern. <laughs> and yeah, the Green Lantern doesn't work out for him. He does, doesn't he do R.I.P.D.? Wasn't that a series? Yes. Wasn't that a comic book movie? I don't think so, but there's a lot of like weird independent comics that made it to uh, main sh- uh, films during that time. I, I seem to think R.I.P.D. was like a comic book movie. And he pops up in it. Uh, but that doesn't work out. Yeah. De- Deadpool was the one that I found that day. Anyway, so... Yeah, Spider-Man 2, Blade Trinity. Like you're saying, these are the movies that come out this year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure to Travolta at the time, like, you know, you want to get in on these superhero movies. It's doing great things for a lot of careers right now. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to say like Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, like these were established guys um, who would have had great careers regardless. Was Alfred Molina, was he like established at this yeah. time? Yeah, he was. I mean, he's in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah, he is. In the opening scene. He's Sapito. Um, but you know, they're guys who are established. Molina was more of like a stage guy who would like pop up for like, you know, you bring him into your movie. He's going to give you a good supporting role. He had um, no right to be that good in Spider-Man he's 2 insanely though. insanely good in Spider-Man. Like Willem Dafoe knew the villain Spider-Man needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alfred Molina would just walk in and be like, this guy's going to be Shakespearean good. <laughs> <laughs> like he's literally like, I'm going to have like a dead love, but then like be like crazed maniac over this passionate goal of mine with like morals and regards. He literally does the Hamlet thing where he's talking to his hand, except it's yeah. a claw. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. It's like, like he had no right. Yeah, he had no right. No, right. <laughs> but <laughs> to be that phenomenal. good. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so good. It's no wonder like they're he was like the first recap villain they showed him. I'm, in the Spider-Man I'm gonna trailer. wait mm-hmm. until the end of next week's episode to talk about my hot take on Spider-Man Two. I'm gonna wait until the end of next week's episode. It's just so that way I'm not here and within like strangling distance. No, just just <laughs> no, just because I I I definitely haven't already said it in that episode. That we've recorded in advance. That has not happened. But I'm going to wait till the end of next week's episode to tell you my thought on Spider-Man 2. Um, Ernest movie. Know, this has done a lot of... Very. Uh, in no relation to Jim Varney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so this is in uh, 
this is being counted as part of the wave yeah. of superhero movies that are coming about. Yeah, John fir- Travolta sees an opportunity. And he's like, this is an opportunity for me to get in on a big franchise. I can do my villain thing again. Um, and so he signs up for this movie, um, you know, directed by Jonathan Hensley. Uh, and they got Thomas Jane to play the Punisher in it. Yeah. And uh, this was actually one of the first movies Marvel had a direct creative control in. Because this is before Marvel Studios yes. in 2008. Because mm-hmm. Marvel had sold a lot of the rights in the late 90s. Yeah. They There'd, were facing bankruptcy, yeah. essentially. There had actually been a previous Punisher movie. In, there had been, yeah. With the Dolph. 19th, yeah, with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the Punisher is, and David, you'll talk to this more, but he's one of those characters who, like, kind of gets removed from comics a lot. Like... A lot of people forget he's like a Mar. He was he was originally a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. To a lot of people, like he's just like, oh yeah, the Punisher is such a tough dude. You know, uh, he's great. And he, well, it's also really hard to try to adapt him into cinema purely mm. because of the times. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk about this in the movie, but I mean, for what this movie got criticized for, like. Like thinking about it in 2004 times, I'm like, it's not hard to yeah. agree with that. I mean, this is a very 80s character um, that they made a very 80s movie out of. And then this movie feels like it's still in the 80s. But with like 1970s consequences, with like entire <laughs> families getting butchered. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a little, little, little tough there. Mm. Like even like the new... Um, What's the guy's name? John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Like even that one came like had a little bit of controversy behind mm. it when it came out on Netflix. Yeah. Because that one's like, you know, I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the controversy on that one was like, you know, this guy's just a messed up PTSD soldier. Yeah. And he and it was there were lots of people who had takes on that. So it just seems like the the Punisher is always like well, it's a really tricky character to like if you're gonna put him as a protagonist, it's it's tricky. You know, we'll we'll get back to the Travolta when we talk about the plot of this movie. But David, why don't you give us a little rundown as to the Punisher? Yes, sister? Uh, I so, want to hear this. Uh, the Punisher was originally created by uh, Jerry Conway for uh, issue seven. I have the number here, uh, one twenty nine of the Amazing Spider Man. Wow, yeah, it's like the original Spider Man run. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he gets hired to be an assassin because right now uh, Spider Man's being framed for the murder of uh, Norman Osborn. And it goes down pretty similar to how it does in the Maguire movies, where he just leaps out of the way of the glider and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, misunderstandings happen. Eventually, Peter convinces him that he's being played and that he didn't do anything. And that seems to be the end of it. He was just meant to be kind of a one-off villain for just one issue. Uh, but then people really latched on to him, so they brought him on for another issue and another issue. And he kind of ends up just being a cameo character for about the first year of his uh, run up until uh, 1975 where he gets his first miniseries. And I know this might be an impossible question to ask David, but like, do we know anything why he had such a mass appeal back then? Because for comic books, I'm not like big into comic books. And to be honest, like, I don't know if I ever will be because some of the things that people can attach to with comic book characters can be so superficial, such as their look. Mm-hmm. Like, that definitely had a big part of it. Right. Um, like, he, did he just look good, or was there something in the comic that like drew him out? I think it was just his look. He was just uh, there wasn't really a character like him yet that was defined as like a hero. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, originally, because uh, the writer of this drew up a first initial sketch because he liked sketching out his characters before he passed them off to the artist. Yeah. Uh, and then it was the r- artist who decided to take this skull logo that was just like in the uh, top right corners, like a little patch, and change it to like this big imposing. 
uh, uh, skull. Like there weren't many superheroes in like black and white costumes at the time. It was just a very striking design, mm-hmm. and I think that's what people kind of latched onto. Got it. I also feel like Punisher comes out mid seventies, and this is like you know Perfect right after timing. it's right after Watergate. Perfect you know, distrust timing. in Amer- the American idea is very yeah, low, yeah. Mm-hmm. and superheroes up to that point had the very like you know gee whiz like Stan Lee ideology. Yeah. Um, and so this character coming in in the very, like, Moreau 70s. This guy's like, I'm going to murder. He's like, I'm going to kill the bad guys because crime's getting bad, and I'm going to kill them before they kill us. And it's time I take the law into my own hands. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this is, like, the first real, would it be safe to say, I mean, Batman probably is this way, too, but I feel like the Punisher is the first one that's like, fuck the law, mm-hmm. vigilante. Like, at least Batman, it's like, I'm not going to kill people. Like, I'm just going to really severely wound people. (laughs) (laughs) But I am going to take the law in my own hands. But there's a code behind it. Whereas, like, the Punisher is, like, the truest definition of a vigilante. Where Mm -hmm. it's just, fuck the law. Fuck morals. I'm just going to fight fire with fire. Which means I'm going to kill the bad guys. Like, Mm -hmm. they kill good people. Yeah. Which is, that's a striking thought Mm -hmm. for a comic book. Yeah, because, like, the Punisher's origin in the comics, at least, is that... He and his family, after he's just gone back from uh, serving two terms, uh, uh, I was going to say two terms, uh, two ser- tours. tours, thank you, <laughs> um, two tours in Vietnam uh, are taking a walk through Central Park and they just accidentally walk into like a mob execution mm-hmm. uh, and they just kind of get caught cro- in the crossfire of that and like a no witnesses kind of thing. So he vows to take out all crime to punish the wicked. Yeah, Pun- to punish the wicked. Yeah, kill all criminals, as he says many times in this, or at least one time at the end. It's one of those fun things where, like, because characters fun things. (laughs) No, no, no. It's one of those fun things where, like, fun how he just like is a brutal man. Like characters in Marvel don't really age. Like that's part of the thing of the comics is like, you know, it's been running for like six. Like Tony Stark's been around for sixty years at this point. If they were to explain his aging, it wouldn't make sense. He'd be like an old man. Um so like they're always like revising where, where these character punchers like he was in Vietnam and it's like he was in the the Gulf War he yeah. was in Afghanistan and they keep like reasoning yeah, yeah, where yeah, he was yeah, at yeah, right, right now right. it's just vaguely he was in a war <laughs> they decided what if we just stop adding specificity to this and just leave it like this it's more of a template at that point I guess Tony Stark was really captured by the Viet Cong and then he was captured by the Soviets and now he's captured by the Taliban. Yeah. Or the Ten Rings in the movies. Still haven't seen that movie. Iron Man? Uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, Shang-Chi in the Ten... Okay, I was like, you haven't seen Iron Man? Yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. How dare you? (laughs) It's like, we're seeing Spider-Man next week. What are you talking about? Um, So, yeah. Punisher, big character coming off of his introduction. Uh, And, you know, he's a very easy character to make a movie of in terms of just like... He's a vigilante with a gun who shoots people. What are movies in the 80s? Vigilantes with guns who shoot people. Cobra, crime's the cure. Here's the disease. Stallone. Dolph Lundgren does the Punisher. Yeah. And then the time is ripe in 2004 for a new Punisher. With all the new superheroes yeah. coming out. And so, um, uh, You gestured to me like I had a thing to say. Oh, I thought you had a thing to oh, say. Oh, uh, a little. Uh, just uh, in the sense that 
um, around this time in the comics, also Frank had just had a big comeback in the comics because mm. he had been canceled for a while because uh, his books were kind of bad because there's only so long you could stretch out that premise for an <laughs> ongoing like, series. Of him being like, am I doing the right thing, killing people, oh, and he then he kills more people? <laughs> he never questions it in the mm. comics. Like He knows he's a bad person and yeah. he's no real better than the people he's putting down. Um, but for a while they had him fighting demons. Oh, like, like are we talking Constantine? like literal demons? Like, no, literal demons. Oh, literal not demons. not like uh, uh, mental ones. Like no, he uh, apparently uh, the mob boss that was in charge of the ones that killed his family was a demon in like a flesh suit and created Frank Castle to become the Punisher, so he can technically make all his murders blood sacrifices, and that's why he has the skull logo because it's the demon's face. Actually, I wish I was making this up. Huh. So yeah, glad we're not glad that one kind of got put on the waist. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that got canceled and never brought up again. And mm-hmm. then in the year two thousand, there's this Punisher line uh, that sometimes gets referred to as "Welcome Back, Frank," mm-hmm. uh, and that is uh, the main inspiration for this movie itself. Mm-hmm. There are scenes in this movie that are ripped right from the panels of this comic. Mm-hmm. I have screenshots of them. We will have to. We'll as we go through the plot, you'll have to bring those up when I we will. get to them. Yeah, maybe um, we can post them on our Instagram or something. Yeah. People who can see them. I will talk to Nicole. Yeah. Uh, and so, after you know the run of Marvel movies in the early two thousands, um, the Punisher is right on the line for a new one because he's also a character you can make a relatively affordable movie with. Because like, yeah. there's not really anything crazy in terms of effects required with the Punisher. You can make a low rent action movie with the Punisher. Well, there's no like severe super there's no, no super there's no cgi element. there's yeah. no superpowers yeah there's no, no crazy super villains just mobsters and a guy with a gun this movie still got ha- only half its budget that it yeah. requested though <laughs> yeah this this movie ran into some production troubles that kind of doomed it in the end yeah mm. i mean and I'll, just to kind of finish off my like prequel thoughts yeah. on this is i i mean this movie seemed like it was i won't say doomed from the beginning i just because I, I I watched this movie, I've seen yeah. this movie before, and I was actually really young, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like too young to watch this movie. But like I was raised in like the generation where like blood and guts, let the kid watch. If it's mm. boobs, oh no, he's too he's too young for yeah. that. <laughs> like that's the generation I was kind of born in. But um, yeah, I think the best utilization I've ever seen this character was probably in the it was Daredevil the Netflix two? show season yeah. two. Mm-hmm. I really think he plays off better as like a supporting character who thinks of himself as a vigilante who a superhero or hero, whatever daredevil has can to be conf- a foil to. Yeah. It's like, has to like confront that where it's like this guy really believes he's doing the right thing, but I have to stop him because he's going about people. it the wrong way. And I think that's probably the best utilization of this character. But mm-hmm. in terms of putting him in the main spotlight, it's a tough one because it questions everything we know about superheroes in terms of their morality and yeah. values. So, and that's all I have to say about so this movie's that. directed by Jonathan Hensley. Oh yeah. Let's um, talk about this, that. This is his directorial debut. Yep. Prior to this, he had, he was a screenwriter, uh, mostly known for action movies. He'd done Die Hard. He wrote Die Hard with Vengeance, Con Air, Pretty The Saint, Armageddon, Gone in 60 Seconds, a movie we kind of talked about. Yeah. He also wrote Jumanji. <laughs> the Robin Williams Jumanji? Yes. The Robin... Get the fuck out. Uh, very confusing. Famous action movie Jumanji. <laughs> notable. Notable. <laughs> Balls to the wall action adventure Jumanji. Underrated. 
Uh, but yeah, this is his directorial debut. We'll talk about what he does next after this because he's one. He's it's funny. He's a director who like makes one movie every ten years. He's only directed two other movies, and one of them came out this year. Wait, what? Uh, the Ice Road. Yeah, the Ice Road with uh, Liam Neeson. And then I'm ten years. The ice road. And then ten years before that, it was Kill the Irishman. <laughs> Kill the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> a movie that definitely exists. It's actually them hunting down De Niro from so, the Irishman. Very. <laughs> He's like, I don't know nothing. <laughs> very prolific screenwriter, but not a prolific director. Yeah, he's one of those guys who like gets the funding every like ten years to make a movie, and he goes and makes a shitty action movie, and then we're back to square one. Yeah. Um, but you know, weird if he's known for writing, it's like. I think it's partially, you know, Marvel does this a lot. They still do it nowadays, less so than they did back. The this, this story of Marvel is in movies is very strange because, like, late nineties, they were going through bankruptcy, they sold off a lot of their rights to various studios. Yeah, um, those Hulk movies. Got, uh, Hulk was given to Universal. Yeah, Spider Man yeah. was given to Sony. X Men was given to Fox. Yep, yep. And then those movies start coming out, and they start being huge successes. Yep, yep. X Men, Spider Man, Hulk was did okay at the box office. Don't you shut the fuck up! I like that movie. I like that movie. You just watch me go. <laughs> I'm your father, Bruce. <laughs> Hulk poodle, take it all. Bruce, you keep denying I'm your father. I'm going to turn you. I did it because I wanted you to be better. What does this say, Billy? He's like, I'm going to put him in a hole for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah, I'm going to put him in a hole for the rest of his life. life. <laughs> no, good movie. Stop. I need a tissue sample. <laughs> um, but these movies are successful in one way or the other. <laughs> Someone's like, you yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, and so Marvel's kind of started to like regret their decision. Like they need to do it at the time, but they're like, we're losing at we're, we're making money off of these. Yeah. We're getting a cut, not as big a cut as we like. And we're getting some merchandising, like pushback in this. Cause people are buying the comics and whatnot. Right. But they're, they're starting to be like, what if we just made our own movies? We have the capital now. So they entered into a deal with, um, I can't remember which loan provider it was, but a loan provider and Paramount Pictures. Hmm. Marvel gets like a $4 billion loan or something crazy like that. Jesus Christ. Um, and they put up as collateral their characters. So like had the, and they're like, we're going to use this money to make a studio, sign a deal with Paramount that they would distribute the movies, but Marvel would own them. And so Marvel Studios puts their characters as collateral. If these movies don't succeed, the clearinghouse, whatever it was, the loan provider would get the characters. I think so like characters worth five billion. I don't know if it was the just, entire catalog. Yeah, it was like Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Like, if the first Iron Man had been a flop, and the whole thing had collapsed, some provide some company like Bank of America or something would own Iron Man right now. Wow, which is crazy. This is so fascinating. Yeah, and so Marvel decides they're going to start making their own movies. This is kind of the first toe in the water of that. They Iron still, Man's the first one. Iron Man's the first one that they really do. But the Punisher is the first, like, toe in the water of that being like, you know, we can, it, let's try making our own movie. So the Punisher is the first one. The, here's the thing. It's, they have control over it, but they kind of cede control to a company to make. But they still own the overall property. So and this is with that, like, loan deal with Paramount. I think this is before it's Paramount. It's before the loan deal. It's, a, it's the first time that Marvel owns the character that is the movie is being made of. 
Okay. It's like Spider-Man, Sony has the exclusive rights. Sony could have made an R-rated Spider-Man movie, which they almost did. And Marvel could not have. Marvel could have stopped it. Right. Marvel owned the Punisher during this. Gotcha. And they basically picked a company and they're like, hey, make a Punisher movie for us. For sure. We're going to take some creative control, though. Where does Iron Man come into play, then? After this. Four years later. Um, this this movie it's does crazy to think that yeah. only four years yeah. after this we so get Iron Man. It was yeah. it's right after this movie that they basically make that deal. It's like 2005 is when they make the deal. They get the loan. They open Marvel Studios with Kevin Feige and Avi Arad in charge. Is Disney already owning them? Th- no, no, not yet. Not um, until about like 2012, I want to so say. So he um, Marvel like in 2005 they're like we now have our own studio. We've signed this deal with Paramount. They're going to distribute the movies that we make all with our own money. We have complete creative control. Our first batch is going to be Iron Man, Thor, Ant-Man, uh, Captain America, and it's all going to lead to the Avengers. Okay. I always forget Ant-Man was in the, that first batch. And they also like cut a deal with Universal, being like, you still own the rights to Hulk. Let us make your Hulk movie for you, uh, but you can keep it. And wasn't there a there was a deal that they could put the Hulk in their movies, but they couldn't make solo Hulk movies? Yes. yes. So Universal still owns the Hulk rights. Yeah, they, they still but own Marvel, to this day, right? Yeah, but they, Marvel can use the Hulk as a side character yes. which i wonder how that i mean i know thor ragnarok yeah. wasn't a hulk movie mm-hmm. but it was still kind of like very prominent yeah. it's like tiptoeing as the long line. as this movie is not a hulk, hulk movie. movie yes which makes me wonder how like the she hulk works for uh the disney plus show tv rights are not included ah but, fucking lawyers are genius yeah. but um so iron man's the, the when they make that batch ant-man keeps getting pushed eventually it gets made by peyton reed and i rather like the ant-man movie we do. But I love him. <laughs> um, he's my best friend. <laughs> Me and Scott Lang. Paul Rudd? But that's basically Not where the Scott Punisher Lang. fits into this. Is It's the first investigation of Marvel mm. to like, how can we, what's making our own movies like? Um, Kevin Feige's not really involved at this point. It's still Avi Arad, who mm. was the president of Marvel Entertainment at the time um, and kind of in charge of making, like, getting the characters out there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of negative thoughts about this man. Uh, he was... Ruiner of Spider-Man movies. Yes. He, he's the one who forced Venom into Spider-Man 3 against Sam Raimi's will. Uh, kind of made The Amazing Spider-Man 2 the mess that it was. Uh, and eventually he got taken off of working on Spider-Man movies and they gave the rights uh, control back to Marvel proper. But Disney, Disney comes in in 2009, um, buys Marvel Entertainment as a whole, and they start making the movies from Iron Man 2 onward. I thought it was after Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 is in production when the purchase is made. Mm. So Disney kind of is loosely involved in it. I think a big part of the reason Iron Man 2 drops the the alcoholism plot line and oh. makes it about like he's being poisoned in the skin from his arc reactor mm-hmm. is because of the Disney purchase. Um, but Thor, Captain America 1, and the Avengers are fully Disney productions. But they still have the Paramount. They're still distributed through Paramount. Yeah, Paramount's still distributed. Disney's making them and Paramount's distributing them up through Captain America, the first Avenger. The Avengers is distributed by Disney, but Paramount's like, you still put our logo in front of it. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, I thought I saw the Paramount logo right up until Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is the last one with the Paramount logo, even though it's not distributed by Paramount. But it's great because it lets that awesome I'm blue open and go up with the Paramount logo. Yo, listen up. Here's a story, which is the plot of Iron Man 3, is that he's... Blue. Yeah, he's blue. He's sad. Iron Man 3 is the best fucking movie ever made. (laughs) It is great. (laughs) Iron Man 3 is the best fucking movie ever made. I'll talk about that for movie for days. But we're not talking about... We're going to wind the clock back nine years to talk about The Punisher. It's party like it's 2004. Okay. So Jonathan Esley's making The Punisher movie. 
John Travolta's trying to get back into the game. He's going to play a villain, and I think he is a major problem in this movie that we will talk about. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I think John Travolta is a big problem with this movie because I don't think he's going nearly as big as he needs to. He's very subdued. Yeah. I think he's doing... Yeah. And we'll talk about when we get into his character. Uh, This movie (laughs) immediately runs into a problem of the budget gets cut in half right before production starts. Yeah. They only get 52 days to shoot the whole movie. For me, I think the biggest problem that just going into the plot is it's forgettable. Mm. This is a very forgettable movie. Not much happens in it. Mm. Like a lot happens in the, not even a lot happens in the very beginning. Well, that's why I feel fine kind of having this long pretext and talking about Because once we actually get into the plot. Because once we get into the plot, we're going to fly through this thing. Yeah. There's like an hour in the middle where it's just Frank Castle goes to place and blows up, (laughs) blows up mobsters. Frank does something, he succeeds, moved on. Yeah. Frank does have the most insane like scheme in this movie that I think is so funny. Like <laughs> this, this movie could be one hour long if Frank had just gone and killed the people he wanted to kill. Instead, he's like, what if I set up some convoluted ass scheme where they're gonna find out everything? And they're gonna kill each other. Yeah. And involves a fake fire hydrant. But th- this movie originally was intended to have uh the opening was going to be Frank Castle in the Kuwait in the Gulf War. Mm-hmm. Um, they could not afford to shoot that scene, so they kind of retextualize him from a military veteran to a undercover they, cop. They say at one point he's a veteran, but they make him an undercover cop. Yeah, which is where the movie begins. Yeah. So, Marvel so opening gunshots, in, weird yes. music. Okay, can we talk about the Marvel? <laughs> <logo>? <laughs> starting right away. Right. Starting right away. <laughs> I love it. Can we talk I about? Can we talk about the Marvel logo? <laughs> yeah. It, this one's so much better than the shit they have now. Right? It's nice. <laughs> it's quick. Yeah, I love it when it was just like, you, you hear the pages turning, and it's like... And it's like... That's literally like what yeah. it is Each now. one's personalized for the character the movie is about. Like, you can see, like, the Punisher. Yeah, they very quickly uh, insert, like, Punisher.jpg into it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, use, I just love this one. It's so much better than the new one, which is, like, a minute and a half long. It takes, like, three years to watch the whole thing. It's like, the... it's, like, starts out with screen pages from a script. You see all these characters, and then there's clips in there. It's like... Dun, 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 you ready to be fucking hyped? <laughs> <laughs> like th- this one gets me more hyped it does like when i just see and i'm like oh yeah we're in this baby we're do you guys it. remember like the weird second one that happened during like phase two of the mcu yeah. when they're like yeah we're gonna do a fancy one now but like it was only kind of a fancy yeah it was one. like ha- it was it's like a weird halfway between the two of yeah. them and like the guy who composed the music for that one also composed the theme for thor the dark world yeah and they sound identical mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. i mean it's also Nothing will ever beat the Raimi Spider-Man intro music. It's a hard one to hum. <sighs> yeah, it is. What if, that mo- what if that music plays during the new Spider-Man Oh my movie? god, I will weep! <laughs> it's been a big week. I will superhero fucking movies. weep if I if it's just like. I will literally lose my shit. I will lose 
my shit. I, I will got cry. Overly excited <laughs> just hearing Willem Dafoe talk in his weird goblin voice I in the trailer. Goblin. Choose. That's Nick Nolte. Choose. <laughs> 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 You, you Spider Man. Did you see this this picture? Must choose. Okay. I'm gonna I'll post this on our Instagram when this episode comes out so they have contact. Have you seen this new picture of Willem Dafoe in the new Spider Man yes. movie? <laughs> I'm fucking ready. I'm so ready. Okay, so the Marvel opening. Yes. <laughs> Marvel intro. We're superior, 30 minutes into this the podcast. The superior Marvel intro place. Uh, we get some gunshot noises and music, and I have to pause again. <laughs> the music for this movie sucks ass. Right. Thank you. Right. It sounds like a weird mix between like a lobe. It sounds like the room and like a room porno. So. Yeah, it kind of does. So, mixed with the, like a... Like if a low-budget war movie or something like that. So I'm going to... The composer for this movie is Carlos Ciliotto. Fuck you, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me read you some of the movies he's composed and tell me if any of them exist. Not to like just bla- put this guy on blast. But, eh, put him on blast a little bit. Um, Have you ever heard of any of these movies? Breath of Life. No. Fluke. No. Uninvited. No. The Good War. No. Julius Caesar. I mean, there's a play. There's a Hail Caesar. Nomad. No. Under well, the Same Moon. No. The ramen girl. Excuse no. me? <laughs> they don't exist. No. They don't exist. Yeah, the music sucks in this. Mm-hmm. All right, let, let's fucking get past the opening the, okay. the, uh, posters and shit. Uh, we're at a shipyard. Yes. It's nighttime. And some gang guys come up. And it, it is um, it's Mickey. Bobby Saint. And Bobby Saint. Which is the most mobster ass names ever. Saint. It's like, yeah, we're gonna go send Mickey and Bobby Saint yeah. down to the dock to grab some uh, guns, you know. In the comic that this is based off of, uh, it's the Nucci family. The Nucci. Yeah. I, I like Saint. Yeah. I like Saint better. <laughs> um, so it's a crime business deal. Uh, Frank Castle's undercover as what's his name? It's like Otto van gusterson or some shit like that oh his fake name and he's got an accent with it too because he's he's playing a russian right he's like playing a russian playing otto krieg it is krieg otto krieg he's like what do you have the assets goods do you have the goods most early 2000s businessman looking at the guy is that thomas jane (laughs) you almost can't tell yeah which might be it's a good undercover i was gonna say like that's actually kind of a good point yeah yeah they get Uh, so they're selling guns, and she's like, "So that's a deal. That's a yeah. deal. Shake hands. Cops show up. Yeah, Chopper's like, yeah. Nah, man, I'm no, not going no, to <laughs> He pulls out his guns. There's a shootout. He gets lit up. He gets lit up. It, it, he he gets shot so many times, and then everyone's like freaking out. He's like, "Oh, I can't go to jail, man." And then more guys pull out guns. Yeah. Bigger shootout happens. Bobby Saint dies. Yeah. Mickey survives. Mickey survives. He's a lone survivor. Yeah. And so the cops haul the bodies off. And one guy, they look over at Otto's body, Otto's quote yeah. unquote, and they're like, "Oh man, get him into get into an ambulance, yep. get him, get, get him. him in the ambo." He yep. just sits up, and send, him, send him in the morgue, then they get him in a body bag, and then the ambulance backs up into this room, doors open, out comes. They, well, it's it's like this guy's investigating Bobby Saint's body, and then the other Thomas Jane just sits up in the other one. He's like, "Hey Frank," <laughs> it's like, "Hey Paul, how are you?" <laughs> yeah, he just does it in the background. Yeah. It's very funny. So, yeah, Frank is undercover. 
He's undercover as Otto Krieg. This is his last assignment. He's retiring from the force. Yeah. Literally, he walks from that room of the morgue. They open a door. Surprise! <laughs> we know you just got off a very high stakes, guns a blazing mission, but happy retirement party. <laughs> like, well, he just have to any papers yeah. after this. He's going to have, like, to go to court proceedings. Yeah. None of that stuff. No, he's off to, uh, was it Puerto Rico after this? Yeah. yeah he's going to Puerto Rico for a family reunion. From what Tampa- was the scheduling like with this? No, no, no. What was the scheduling like with HR at the the FB, FBI? Uh, is he working for the FBI? Yeah, the FBI. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, hey, uh, Brenda, how you doing? Hey, Frank, how's it going? It's like, so I need to take a, a, a you know, obviously, you know, I'm retiring Friday. I'm like, okay, gotcha. So, like, Saturday, I'm going to Puerto Rico, so I just want to make sure I keep those dates clear. It's like, okay, what you got coming up? It's like, well, Friday, we're going to be busting this drug crime. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I got to get the squibs out. Yeah, I got to get the squibs out and all that stuff, and I think we should be good to go. It's like, okay, copy that. So Friday, you got the drug mob gang killing thing, and then you'll go to Puerto Rico. Okay, we'll get your paperwork clear. <laughs> I just... <laughs> what the scheduling for this? <laughs> so... Um, Frank has his little celebration and they're like, yep. you sure we can't convince you to come back? And he's like, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Then we get Cut to a limo who driving up to a fancy house. They go, in the, they go in the fancy house. I actually kind of like this scene. I like how I was, it's his... first impression was good for Travolta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked him in the first impression. Well, yeah, I don't think Travolta's bad in this. I think he is still the problem with the movie. I think he's fine, but what he's doing fine is the problem. If that makes sense, I'll get to it in a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I think we're on the same page because I when you said he was the problem in the beginning of the podcast, I thought I didn't think he was bad, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, we so, get the first impression of. I'm, what's the uh, the um, the guy's name? The uh, his consigliere. Yeah, or his consigliere. What's that guy? Uh, Quentin Glass. Oh, Quentin Glass. Yeah, Quentin Glass, played by Will Patton. Will Patton, who is what and does I know? What he's in Armageddon. Yeah, but he's also in like he's in so many other films that he's just in the background. Fucking, he's one world. of those guys. Yeah. So anyway, Will Patton he plays Quentin Glass, the the Saints family consigliere, 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 like the, uh, the Tom Hayden of the group. Yeah. Thank you, Godfather yeah. reference. Uh, and but so he walks in with uh, the other son, John Saint. Johnny. Johnny. Johnny boy. Johnny boy. Everyone, like I said his name and everyone just, Stuart and Dave just like looked at me. Well, I, I couldn't score. remember I anyone's remember. name. It was, no one calls him John well, The, the, the thing is, it's the same actor playing both Bobby and Johnny. Oh. Really? Yeah. Uh, so I was like. I didn't even know that. I was that. like, wait, did this <laughs> guy, I was like, did this guy just die? <laughs> I was like, oh. It's, so they're twins. They're twins. Oh, okay. Um, he doesn't really seem that cut up about his brother's death. I was no. like, why are the why is the family cut up about it? They got a spare, and so they. they <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it was a two for one deal. <laughs> they made it sound like he was uh, Bobby was the younger brother in this. Yeah, they do. My they, baby brother. They like, do say baby brother, but they are played by the same actor. Interesting. I don't um, get it. They don't say they're twins. Yeah, maybe they never say they're twins. Be. You never see them in the same room. The actor just didn't show up that day. <laughs> and so they fucking, guy who plays Josh, fuck it, you're a twin. Get in, get in wardrobe. <laughs> so they walk into this like big office in this fancy house in Miami. It, it's very similar to the house at the end of Bad Boys 2. Uh, Stuart, which you and I had a great time watching. That was a while ago, man. Yeah, that was a great time. When did we watch those back to back? During during uh, quarantine last year, Stuart and I sat down and watched all three Bad Boys movies in a row. Yeah, with a lot of. I remember that. Great, good times, good times. But it's a very similar. Were they though? 
Bad Boys 2 was good. Okay. Bad Boys 2 ends with them like... They conquer Cuba. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> no, David, David. David, have you seen Bad Boys? No, I haven't. Okay. Bad so Boys 1? Bad, Bad Boys 1's like a cop movie. <laughs> all right. It's, all right. A, it's like a cop movie that's a little heightened at times. It's yeah. Michael Bay. Okay. That's not the Bad, Boy, Bad Boys 2. It's like two hours, 20 minutes. You get to the two hour mark. You're like, this movie's got to be winding up at this point. Then the Miami Police Department invades Cuba. <laughs> Wait, the police the invade Cuba. Literally, Joe Pantoliano, the best actor ever, Joey Pants, is like the head of the Miami Police Force. And he just walks up to Will Smith and Martin Lawrence is like, hey, you got some Delta Force guys coming with you. And they're like, we got to go get your sister, man. And so Will Smith and Martin Lawrence hop in helicopters and they drop mili- like police boats. They all have police written on it. And the invade Havana. <laughs> and they have to, and the end of the movie is them on a race to Guantanamo Bay so they can be in US territory. <laughs> oh shit. That that is the energy I love movies. That is the energy this movie needs. Yeah, they came around the is, same time. Yeah, they came around the right? same time. This, that is the energy that this movie is lacking, like, which is part of which, in part, I just want to talk about Bad Boys. But that's also the reason I'm bringing that up is this movie doesn't have that, like, it's not gleeful enough to, like, get into, like, the gleeful violence, but it's also not introspective enough to be a deep action movie. It's kind of hollow. It's a yeah. weird, It's just a middle, middle ground, ground programmer yeah. action movie. Yeah, it's, I agree. Because, like, when I turned it on, I was expecting something like the 2003 Ben Affleck Daredevil. Yeah. Like, something balls to the wall. Like, I, I was this, expecting, like, the most early 2000s idea of a superhero movie. This movie either needed to be grounded or heightened, and it's neither. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, so in this scene, they're in the, the house from Bad Boys 2. And they go into this big office, and at the they end, they walk up the big stairs, and they see a inexplicably couple. they're on a balcony, but on the far ends of it. And they, it's a couple. One of them is uh, wait, I don't uh, don't say her name, don't say her name, because I think it is so funny how this movie hides her identity. Um, huh? They so, like don't show her face for a while. Yeah, it's like thirty minutes where they're like very specifically Not hiding until the funeral, the actress's face, and then it's a big reveal, and she takes it off. It has a music sting and everything. Yeah, it's like. Darrow. Yeah, but, I, I and then she ends up not being like a huge part of the movie. Yeah, like she and does. And the actress is like well known, but not like the biggest actress. But ever. we see John Travolta yeah. and this. We see woman John Travolta and this woman at the end presumably. on a balcony. I mean, Same you don't thing. have to guess; it's his wife. Yeah, you figure out what. Yeah, and the way so she reacts. Johnny Boy walks mother. out and he looks at them. She falls to the ground, and Travolta like grabs her. Yeah. Um, next next bit, I think they're just like they're in the room, and he's like. I want to know which of these scumbags killed my son. He's a like, get Mickey. Uh, this is the yeah. Quentin guy talking. We don't see Travolta again for a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's like, pick him up. We cut to Mickey getting out of... He's okay. Well, we see Frank arrive at home. and There's in, in between the scene. Yeah. As Frank goes back to his home, sees his wife, and he's like, where's... Uh, what's his kid's name? Uh, Dead kid number seven? Dead. <laughs> There, he's also missing. He has a daughter in the Will, comics. Also, Will Castle. Will Castle. So he's like, "Where's Will?" He's like, "He's where he usually is." Cut to backyard. The, the dog, dog house. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And it's supposed to be this like cute moment. Where it's like, uh, it's, it's kind of cute. So like, why did this kid in the doghouse? <laughs> so hey, I uh, think in this weekend we can go play veg or something. He's like, "You said we wanted to move again." He's like, "I know, but this is the last time." You said the last time was the last time. He's like, I did. 
And it's basically just a conversation about like they're he's done for sure. He's like, when you're old enough, I'll tell you why we had to move a lot. Then we are back to We're, Howard well, and the son's death. Well, first we see uh, Mickey gets out of prison. Yes. Um, which here's a question. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about like the bail system, but if you're, you know, if you were involved in a massive shootout, we're very a, clearly a part of it, charged with the crime, carrying the big briefcase of money, <laughs> I would presume that you wouldn't typically be bailed out because they would be very aware you might be the next target. <laughs> but this guy's just like walking down the streets of Miami, immediately picked up by the Saints. Yeah. It was very easy. Next, we have him uh, in Quentin, Quentin Glass. He's interrogating him he's in interrogating his office. Him. And he's saying, like, where, where is like, who who set us up? Yeah. Like, who did that? And he's, he's like, like did you do it? He's like, no. And are they like, they're not, they're just like punching him. Mm. Yeah, they're like just kicking him. And then the door opens. Yeah. And comes in John Travolta. I as think Howard Glass. <clears throat> yes. I think <clears throat> there's a good line right before Travolta walks in uh, where Quentin Glass is like, I would kill you, but I do not want the karma of your death on my soul. And so he hands the gun to another dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, Jeff, but, do you think it's worth doing the hair ranking now, or do you want to wait till the it's end? It's up or? to you. you. You're the hair ranking guy. I, ha- I know where it's going to go right away, so let's just cue the hair ranking. Travolta walks in hair ranking music. Cue it. Welcome to the hair ranking. Um, so this will be pretty quick. It's uh, it's decent hair. It's okay. I would say it's right along the blowout slick back. Mm, yes. You know what I mean? Like it's not just like standard fluffy gel that's just made to look poofy and it's the regular hairstyle that we get in the 80s. It's like gelled back. Like yeah. he's got a style to it. So I'm going to put this um, below blowout above Mad City. It's going right along with mm-hmm. blowout. Right along with blowout. Yeah, right below blowout above Mad City. Crazy. That puts it at a new number 14. Yep. I mean, it's all right. It's good. I think it works for his character. Yeah. He's he's a high dollar top dog guy. It's pretty much all yep. there is to it. That is the hair ranking. I think it's better when it's on fire, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Ah! <laughs> that's like probably like that's like Jurassic World pterodactyl death level. <laughs> How much he dies. So like right at this point Travolta comes in. And I was actually I was into his performance at first. Yeah, because he one of Travolta's great skills as an actor is enunciation. Mm-hmm. Like he's really good at like spacing the words out. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he's he just walks. And he's like, my son was killed, and I would like to know who did it. Like he's very good at every syllable making it a meal. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Mm. And he he play he plays this like you know broken arrow face off. It's like. Uh, did you recognize me? That's kind of how he plays. Whereas this one, it's just like, yeah, like my son was killed. Yeah. And I would like to know who did it and mm. why. He was tricked. Uh, like he just, he just plays it very cool, yeah. suave and just. And as much as I do like him in this scene, this is kind of the beginning of what pr- the problem I have is that like nowadays in the movies, John's doing that we'll talk about later. Which are ostensibly supposed to be dramas. Like, you know, your gaudies and your speed kills the world. He's going big. Like, he's playing big, heightened characters, criminals. Yeah. He was playing big, heightened criminals in the 90s. This is not a big character. Yeah, this is not. And so in this one, he's playing it very 
brief and very mild. Very mild. And for me to want the Punisher to get this guy and for me to be entertained by this movie, I need a big entertaining villain. Yeah. And he's just not giving me that. That's I, I think that's what Vincent D'Onofrio really brought in the Daredevil series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was at first he thought he was like cool, calm, and collected, but then you got these breakout Flashes moments of, of like, whoa, yeah. he's shit. <laughs> you know, he's he's embarrassed me in front of her. You embarrassed me in front of Vanessa. <laughs> like he's literally big, but then also big. <laughs> right. And then he has his big blow ups. Yeah. And in this he ne- that never happens. Yeah. He like yells once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty like much. I, I I would I want this to be like a broken arrow style bad guy. Yeah. Travolta is losing his shit in this movie as this guy's hunting him down. And there's opportunities for him to be in that place in the or script. Like, even the bad guy from uh, the first John Wick movie. I'm blanking on the actor's name. I know he recently passed he killed away. Killed a guy with a fucking yeah. pencil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy who's just like he he's playing a heightened over the top mobster and that's what this movie needs. Yeah. But you know Travolta walks in and he's like and he's like, Mickey, I, I'm gonna, I need to kill the person responsible for my son's death. And so he pulls a gun and he shoots another dude in the room, who was uh, supposed to be uh, Bobby's bodyguard. And he's like, you should have been with him. And then he pops. He's him like, again he told head. me it was fine. He's told me it was fine. Bam, and he yeah. kills him again. He's like, All right, that's it. He's like, no, I want to find out everything we know about this Otto Krieg character. Yeah. Cut to the Puerto Rico. Yep. Uh, Castle family reunion at Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who's playing his dad, Stuart? Because we meet the whole castle family. <laughs> the whole castle clan. Yes. Well, I like to think that in a small little island called... Um, what was the name of the island in Jaws? Puerto Rico. No, the name of the island in Jaws. Am- Amityville Island. Amity Island. Am- and Amity, <laughs> <laughs> and Amity Island. Uh, this little small town sheriff. He eventually had, retired. Who, who had, he eventually retired. He had a shark problem, but he took care of it. He retired to Puerto Rico. He retired. He retired to Puerto Rico. Because that's right, folks. Chief Brody himself. Chief Brody from Jaws oh. is Frank Castle Sr. <laughs> Roy Schneider. Yeah. Roy Schneider pops up for two scenes. <laughs> yeah. Literally two scenes. <laughs> he apparently is only in this movie because he is Jonathan Hensley's neighbor at the time. And Hensley popped out of his apartment or house or whatever and was like, hey, you're Roy Schneider. You want to be in the Punisher? He's like, ah, sure. <laughs> and he really is just playing it like he just yeah. hopped off his you know, yeah. boathouse and it came into the movie. Yeah. I get a vacation in Tampa, Florida. All right. I'll think, I'll think a day on that. Yeah. So yeah, Roy, Sh- Roy Schneider is, yeah. uh, the dad of it's, Frank Castle. And so we, you know, we spend some time with his son, his, uh, his dad, um, all the family. His wife. They're talking about, we should have another baby. And this yeah. is when the kid gives him the shirt. Yeah. Because yeah. he was in the market and he's like, they said this words off. This scary shirt. Evil they say spirits. Words off evil spirits. And it's the Punisher. And it's the yeah. Punisher yeah. shirt. Which means there's other people walking around with that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't make it special at all. That's like the thing that bugs me about like superhero I, stuff. It's I bet, like, it's got to be unique. I bet if like, uh, oh, you know, Frank Castle was just like, look at his collar. He's like, like made in Thailand. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> the Punisher logo. So yeah, that's where he gets a shirt, and yeah, he's happy with his whole family. Yes, the end. We cut back to the. It's fu- such a happy ending. We cut yeah. to the funeral. How of much Bobby did the movie Singh? make? <laughs> How much did the movie make, Jeff? We're done. Uh, we talked about the hair ranking. The movie is over. How much did the movie make? So we cut back to Bobby Singh's oh, funeral. Holy shit! Uh, Mr. Salami Consigliere, or whatever his name is. Uh, Quentin Glass. First name Gunk. Mr. Last, Last name Glass. Glass. <laughs> uh, this is unhinged. <laughs> 
comes up. This he's is like, an episode to just and have he's fun, like, guys. He's like, yeah. We found the guy. And they're like, what guy? <laughs> well, he just hands him this packet. Yeah. And yeah. it has all the he's information. Like, he's like, he's an FBI agent. His name's Frank Castle. And Travolta's like, we got to make him suffer. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're in luck because he just retired. And he's in Puerto Rico at a film reunion. He's like, great. Uh, like, you know, came back from take, the dead to die again. He came back from the dead to die again. And then right as they're about to, about to leave and settle the deal. We get the big reveal. We get the big reveal. We so, say, wait. And the wife, his takes wife, her hat up. takes her hat off. Music Bow. swells. Bow. We push in. And, it's, it's, and it is Laura Herring. <laughs> Noted, like, she was in Mulholland Drive right before this. Like, good at great actress. Moderately known. Uh, I'm not sure why she gets this <laughs> highly dramatic reveal where they hide her for like 20 to 30 minutes of the movie. And she says, his whole family. Yes. And Travolta just like looks at her and like, you sure? Yeah, that's what you want? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. His whole family. Just like a, like as if he wanted an extra side of dessert. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you want to get in on a plate of fries? Yeah. <laughs> you want to get in on a plate of fries? <laughs> you want to murder our whole family? You want to murder our family? You want to do it? Let's take you know out the cousins. We'll do too. it. Okay. We'll murder a whole family. <laughs> we'll do it all. Okay. We're going to get a plate of fries. Great John Mulaney quote. Thank you, David. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, they set the hit out. We're yeah. back in Puerto Rico. They get there quick. (laughs) They're already there. They're at this family reunion party. And Roy Schneider's just talking with Frank Castle and like Frank in his study. And he's like, check out these guns. I got (laughs) a collection of guns. He's like, I got them redone so they'll fire faster. That's like when you're in the video game and you're finding a lot of power-ups right before a boss match. Yeah. (laughs) And so... Look at these things yeah. you're gonna use to avenge my death. Yeah, it's it's like when you're pl- like I'm I'm replaying the Halos right now. <laughs> Halo Infinite's coming out next week. I didn't know you're a like, Halo fan. Big time. Uh, oh, and so there's oh. like a part where like, you know, you're just walking. Yeah. And then you walk into a room and it's like, there's like a gravity hammer in the middle of the room. And, like all these weapons line up on the side. I'm like, I don't remember this. <laughs> what is this leading to? And then you open up the next door and there's like five rays like and like a scarab. Is and, he like, like five boss hunters health bars show up? And, yeah. Brutes and elites. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Scary times. So yeah, that's pretty much what happens right here. And then... Uh, we think... cut to a boat. Yes. And it's filled with these guys dressed in all black. It's like that scene in uh, Return of the King where like all the orcs are like rowing up to a skillet. Oh, one orc is... Behind. No, it was before that. I know. The but... one orc is like, quiet. Quiet. <laughs> Draw swords. <laughs> they all look like they're in different boy bands. They're yes. all the bad boy from different boy bands. Yes. They, one of them has long blonde hair. Mm. One of them has... Cut uh, to the hair ranking for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? One of them's, uh, I think it's uh, Johnny in uh, just a no-sleeve tee and like a cross <laughs> necklace. Yeah. And like Oakley sunglasses. Yeah. So the Backstreet Boys death squad pulls <laughs> up. Backstreet Boys show up. <laughs> and it's like, it's supposed to be like this like haunting yeah. montage of like cut to family having a good time yeah. cut to bad guys with guns walking up yeah. the beach cut to uh frank castle and frank castle senior roy schneider from the 1975 yeah. movie yeah. jaws <laughs> so <laughs> i think it's called hap- 1911s i got what happens next is terrible but so funny <laughs> no it's not <laughs> so they hear gunshots and frank and turns around frank turns around and he looks at the window he sees his mom like bleeding out in the ground. She's like, ah! He's like, mom? No, he's just like, mom? 
<laughs> yeah, that's... and he and wow. and he and Bruce Snyder are like unfazed about their mom just getting smoked right yeah. then and there. Like, well, I mean, one could say they just get into like instant reaction mode. No, mom just got popped, and they're both and they're both just like, oh, that's well, unfortunate. Fuck your mother, man. Because just... then, like, all the mobs just come and they start killing all the family members. Yeah, yeah. it's Everyone. pretty gruesome. And like, they see mom get lit up. It's a weirdly bloodless bloodbath, yeah. though. But it is still, like, brutal and, yeah. like, terrible. Like, you see them shooting kids and whatnot. Yeah. Jonathan Hensley says about this scene, he's like, <laughs> this is, starts off in the most, like, director thing ever. I had to ask myself intellectual questions. Oh like, to what extent do crimes against a person become so unconsciousable, so heinous, that even a person who does not believe in vigilantism can resort to vigilantism in a more just way? That was the equation for me. I told Marvel I didn't want to do the revenge story. I want to do the mother of all revenge stories. I want to ramp everything up. I can't really go further without doing spoilers here. The underlying events that give rise to Frank Castle's vigilantism are not from the comic. I invented a lot of that. I made it a lot worse. Yeah. Cool, bro. So, Dave, in the comics, how is his family murdered in the Welcome Back Frank Um, version? Well, it's the same origin throughout. Yeah. Um, it's him and his family are just kind of going on a walk through Central Park, and okay. they walk in on a mob execution. So it's like an accident thing. Yeah, they just accidentally walk in, wrong place, wrong time, and they okay. get essentially uh, no witnesses. This isn't a tragedy of randomness. Be- uh, like, or what yours is, what yeah. that one is. That one's a tragedy of randomness, where this one is a... This one's a tragedy of, like, like wrongdoing. I'm, I'm reading like, all these some... quotes from Jonathan Hensley. This dude sounds like he has the most, like, macho aesthetic. He's, he says, I had to excise much of the influence from Welcome Back, Frank, because this would have been a four-hour movie if I'd done it all. He's like, cool, cool bro. Cool, I bro. mean, yeah, he did cut a lot of things mm-hmm. out of, like, copycat vigilantes from him, yeah. but, like, you didn't need that. Didn't yeah. have the money for it. <laughs> I barely the had the money for this movie in itself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the so they're... Uh, it's open season for Frank's family. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's, here's one more thing. Hen- oh here, are the mov- here are the things that Jonathan Hensley says inspired this movie. Um, Dirty Harry, The Getaway, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, The Godfather, Mad Max, and William Shakespeare's Spears. Othello. <laughs> yeah. I saw that on the Wikipedia also, and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> Wonderful. So it's open season on Frank Castle's family. Uh, mm. His... Wife and kid, Will, they are on the run. Yeah. They're, they're like hiding when yeah. this is all happening, and they try to get into a car. They get into a Jeep and make it out. And it's attached to a boat. Yeah. Roy Schneider gets popped. Roy Schneider does not last long in this fight, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. He takes out maybe two guys, Yeah, and then he gets popped. One mm-hmm. for each barrel of their shotgun. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, this is where like you, your thing with your mom, this is my favorite thing. It's just like, dad. <laughs> 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 and his dad he, gets stabbed in the back yeah and then he's like dad and then he falls to the ground he's like looking at his family looking at his dad he's like oh and he runs he takes his dad's gun and goes yeah he takes his dad's gun he gets on a motorcycle and starts chasing after the guys who are chasing after his family they did Roy Schneider my boy real bad yeah. look what they did to my boy I hope Roy Schneider got paid for his like three days of work on this do you think it was three days it was probably pretty quick I think it was probably two at most <laughs> <laughs> they only had 52 days to film the whole thing <laughs> So uh, it, it turns into a chase scene. Yes. Uh, the family, his wife and son are in a, they're in in a, a jeep car, pulling a boat, chased by guys in a Jeep, chased by Frank in a motorcycle. Yeah. And like, you really don't know how far away Frank is from all yeah, this it, for a while. The spatial geography is not well explained in this scene. And like, are, so they're on an island. Yes. 
supposedly. They're not in Puerto Rico. They're in an island off of Puerto Rico. Ish, maybe, know. or just off of the coast. Because you couldn't just like go to like a a more yeah. populated area. Okay, yeah, because he drives help. to a dock. Right, and, like runs down. It's the like dock. Grandpa's boat. Yeah. <laughs> well, weren't they like trying to get to a more populated area, but then the car like flips because yeah. she loses oh, control maybe. of it? Sister, I got a question for you. What if she he said Grandpa's boat and they run down, they look up, and it's the orca from Jaws. Orca. That's the name of the boat in Jaws. The orca. Is it? <laughs> Well, that bitch is like ground into the dirt. <laughs> I haven't seen Jaws in a while. Yeah. <laughs> trying to fuck me, I guess. Just say the boat from Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> just say the boat from Jaws, Jeff. No one remembers the name. They just remember that there's a boat. And they need a bigger Jeff's one. really upset that this bit didn't work. Furious. <laughs> Furious. Hey, 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 you know what? But it wasn't a bigger boat that they found. <laughs> and also, do we actually ah, see him? Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah, scared me out of my so, question. He's so bad. Uh, David, continue. I was just gonna say, I don't remember actually seeing a boat at the dock. Yeah, I didn't see one down there. And so they're running, and uh, they get to like so the yeah the boat flips yeah. the car over and, and they shoot out the tires. And Quentin Tarantino or whatever his name is uh, runs him down in his jeep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I looked down when that happened, so I was very confused on how they actually yeah. died there for well, a moment. They just see You just see the car coming towards them, and then Frank comes over, and they're laying on the ground, yeah. like roadkill. So, yeah, they just got run over and died. Yeah. And where did the... Did they, like, go down the dock and hide behind, Yeah, the like, boat the went shed? down... The car goes down the dock. Yeah, and that he, was weird. He doesn't see it down there. That but then was, when he looks back up, it's coming he runs towards up, it's like, him. Maria! <laughs> and so this car's coming towards him. Um, he gets shot in the leg multiple times. Yeah, he gets shot, shot in the leg, legs and knees, and, and then eventually in the chest, and then they light him on fire. Well, they light so, the dock on fire with him on it. Well, they well what they do is they they drag his body, they punch him a few times, and then they bring him to the edge of the dock. And he says, uh, "Howard Saint sends his regards," mm. and then pops him in the chest, yeah. and then he falls Just to down. Be sure, they light the dock on fire, and then then they light the dock on fire. The dock is in flames and then it ignites a gas tank and then it blows up but like the force of the explosion blows frank's body off the dock mm -hmm. into the yeah. water mm -hmm. and so that happens and then we cut to back to miami so we're at travolta's club or is he take like a quick pause like what are our feelings about the murder massacre scene a little cr a little crazy yeah is it a little it's, over the top it's not gruesome enough like, not that I want to, like, yeah. see his family get murdered, but if you want to feel, like, furious, like, this needs to be, um, like, this whole movie, it doesn't, it doesn't go far enough in either direction. Yeah. The scene's a little over the top, but it's not enough over the top, but it's not grounded. It, it's like right. it's just poking its toe in everything it can yeah. do instead of actually, like, fully diving in. Yeah. Yeah, because it does cut away from a lot of yeah. gunfire. Like, you just see the guys chasing the family. Then the camera zooms yeah. in on the bad guy shooting the gun, but doesn't cut to, yeah. like, a kid getting shot, mm. you know? So, yeah. The whole thing just... It... I just... Because that is what... I think it's important to talk about it because I feel like this scene is, like, the, the primary yeah. catalyst. It's like, this is the catalyst for the entire it's film. It's also so maybe it the last plot development until the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
But it is like the catalyst for the entire movie. Yeah. So if it doesn't work, then yeah. like the whole thing's not going to work. So uh, we're at his club, which I just want to point out. His name's Howard Saint, and his club's name is Saints and Sinners. It's good. I didn't even know his club had a name. They just call it the club. Yeah, There's a big sign that says Saints and Sinners. It's the Orca. You expect me to read? <laughs> yeah. You expect me to read when I'm watching a movie? I think that's going to be my thing now. Whenever Jeff tries to do a, do a bit and it falls on its face, I'm just going to say the Orca. Wait, wait a minute. What? Did you buy this you on bought this? 4K? <laughs> it's, it's on HBO. I bought this movie on 4K Ultra HD disc for this. Why? Uh, <laughs> no response. Just because laughs. This is why I wanted to look good when I watched it. And it did look pretty good. Uh, also, I was very surprised to find out there was a 4K disc of this. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, cut so back Howard to Miami. Saints is told that, hit, that um, they got Frank Castle and his. They're like, Frank Castle sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think there's that. <laughs> the thing is, I don't remember, so they easily could have yeah. said that. No, they just let him know. And then Travolta does something that I was like, okay, we're getting the, we're getting the performance I want from him. He pulls out this big ass pipe. One of my notes is why is he smoking a pipe out of everything like he could be smoking? Pipe, and he's just like, <laughs> it's so funny. I was like, yeah, give me more business, Geralt. I need business. I want business. I want you to do so much business right now. I want you to always be in a bowl of peanuts, smoking a pipe. You got a funny hat or something? I don't know. I want. <laughs> I want. Funny give hat. me some business, and then he, he stops doing business after that. Yeah. Uh, I think this is when the resurrection scene. He yeah. comes out of the ocean. Yes. And he gets saved. So couple things here just anatomically speaking if the gunshots don't kill him if the gunshot to the chest didn't kill him if getting exploded didn't kill him if drowning didn't kill him then like bleeding out is gonna kill this motherfucker like but now he gets rescued by um but how much time passes because like i'm pretty sure at the most he would have died bleeding out yeah because yeah, like he like when like he gets exploded into the water, it's like midday. It looks like, and then yeah. when he's yeah. getting out, it's, it's like sunset. sunset. Yeah, he, motherfucker should have bled out. Mm. This entire movie is just him reliving like a fantasy yeah, from beyond the dies. grave. But I don't know. So he, he next time we see him, he has a full beard. He's healed up, and he's going back to the site of his family's massacre. Yeah, and he turns around to the guy who rescued, him, and he's like. You can't go where I go. And the guy's like, go with God. He's like, he's like God's God, going to nothing to do with no, it. He go. says, God's going to sit this one out. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote that very specifically in a quote. He and says, so, and he, and he sees something out. in the sand. Oh, I don't quite know how it gets there. Yeah. Well, yes, continue. But I, before we leave the scene, there's something I want to talk about. Yeah. So he finds the shirt. Yeah. Also, he, he has a beard. And he, we yeah, didn't talk he looks about like this. Jesus. Yeah, but like, he even how, has the Jesus. Race. How long was he healing up before coming back to the island? They say it later on. They say five months. He was yeah. gone. He's gone five months. Yeah, I so I think that. he was healing for five months. They say in like in one line in like a news thing where they're like, uh, "Suspected dead man, Frank yeah. Castle." Yeah, we're gonna talk about how Frank Castle is the worst fucking vigilante ever when he first comes back. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he finds he a shirt. the Punisher shirt out of it. And then he's like, looks at the camera, and then we cut back to Miami. So the music in this, yeah, this is one of my biggest problems. In this was the music. Yeah, the music is too triumphant. You know what I mean by that? Mm. It's so victorious. It's like this should be like, this is about the downfall 
of a man's morality. And so it shouldn't feel like heroic. Mm. But it, all the theme songs, it's like... <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. am I supposed to feel happy about this guy? Like his whole right family now? just died. And it's like, yes, a superhero was born. Hooray. <laughs> and it's like at the cost of his wife and child. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Because yeah. I uh, like... I forget if it was the composer or the director said that they didn't want it to make it sound like a traditional superhero score. Well, they failed. <laughs> Absolutely failed. Somehow they failed at the basic task. The most basic task. Yeah. But it is so heroic and it's mm. so like weird. Like I'm just like, this is supposed to be a sad moment. Mm. And it's it sounds very triumphant. But he has the logo now, so he's the Superman. He's the punishment Fuck man. Fuck his family. <laughs> he's the punisher. What if he what if he's like, I am the punishment man? <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy who saved him was like no 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 <laughs> please don't the don't, punisher the punisher he's like oh, i am take, take out the ment it's cleaner <laughs> shut up you like that orca <laughs> I, I found it i found my dig on you <laughs> it's gonna bug you well, it's so a much dig on you that you didn't know what the orca was i, I think it's, I, I think it's a dig on you that, that like, you knew what the orca was so <laughs> frank castle has back in miami as far as everything is concerned he's dead yeah. no one's aware he's alive he has the perfect end to start taking out these criminals he can be a ghost mm-hmm. where's the first place he goes the courthouse the fucking police station oh yeah where the police commissioner, his former partner, all of the news media are there. Yeah. And they're all like, is that Frank Castle? He's like, why haven't has anyone been brought in for killing why? my family? It's like five months and no arrest or yeah. whatever. No one's been arrested. Although we did skip over the uh, introduction of the neighbors. Yeah. Is, is that before this? Yeah. Because right. he goes to like, because at first I thought he found like an abandoned mm. warehouse to set yeah. up in. And then they set up the neighbors listening in and being like, oh, I bet he's an artist. Yeah. Because he's, he's like fixing his, his car. He, he yeah. turns his car into like a uh, a fortress. Also, mm-hmm. can we talk about the names of the of the, of neighbors? the neighbors? Pulled oh. right from the comic in one. For, no. No. Wait. 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 We got uh, it was the courthouse scene. Yeah, yeah, the courthouse scene. Um, right before, right after we meet the neighbors, supposedly. Um, sure. God, you guys, I got so concerned with stopping that I forgot what I wanted to say. Continue with the neighbors. Yeah, he's a bad vigilante by just publicly oh, outing yes, himself. Publicly outing himself. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, I out. can't. I, th- I wanted to say something. I can't remember. He what it was. comes out and says, "Yep, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. This is me." <laughs> So, but yeah, the neighbors. Yes. Uh, one of them is a hot woman. Yeah, Joan. And I say hot woman in the sense because that is literally all the oh, movie. her role in the movie. That yeah. is the role in the movie is she plays the hot neighbor. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then there's the loser piercing guy. Played, played by, by Ben, ben Foster. Foster. Also, Joan's played by Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Re- oh, yeah. And uh, after X-Men, yeah. Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, Mystique. Um, but at this time, she's Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Uh must be said. Stamos. So, and then Ben Foster playing uh, Dave. Yes. And then the the name of the other neighbor. John Bennett. No, but the as. But what's his name? What's Bumpo? His name? Bumpo. Bumpo. Um, and they named the f- the fat Italian <laughs> guy oh, Bumpo. Bumpo. It's so much worse in the comics because you know how he's introduced in the comics. He's stuck in his door frame, and Frank has to get him out. 
Oh my oh. god. Poor John Panette, man. Oh Rest in peace. Oh my god. And like, Joan's very different in the comics. Dave's essentially the same. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh, and he also has like a weird Hitler mustache in the comics. So, and like... They don't hang out. It's... Yeah, it, well, I think this is like supposed to set up as like the three losers. And like, the incorporation of Frank as one of them is like what they're trying to set up here. Yeah. Which, cool, I guess, <laughs> if we spent more than two seconds with these people, which we see them sometimes, but we spend, like, very little time with them, and they're never of any help. Except for Dave, kinda. Yeah. Because he just gets tortured for the guy. <laughs> yeah. For allegiances, he earned in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> well, because later on, he's like, no one's ever stood up to me for me before. And I think that's what they were trying to set up with that. Yeah. Because before, uh, in the comic, he just kind of does that because he kind of puts himself in that situation. I'll yeah. get to it when we get to it. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, there's a lot pulled straight from the comics, but just like some context yeah. changes. Um. So then I think the first move that Frank does in his revenge story is he kidnaps Mickey. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is when we get a comical... Again, what's the tone of this fucking movie? Yeah, pulled right <laughs> so... from the comics again, this exact torture scene. <laughs> but like... Okay, great. Change it because literally, I don't know if this guy's whole family was killed, so he's gonna become this like brutal, murdering vigilante. Tortures a guy with a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> what well, the fuck? He, he bring he brings Mickey in. He ties him up, and he's like pulls a blowtorch out. And he's like, "This will melt through flesh, and your nerves will feel cold." Yeah, or something like that. And so he and starts to smell burning meat. And then we see there's a uh, like, like a, a big steak. old steak on a frying pan next to him. And so he starts rubbing a popsicle up against Mickey while burning the steak and be like, you want this to make it? No, 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 no. I guess it was because like he wanted him to be his informant or something. And so he gets all the information from Mickey and then he like sticks the popsicle in his mouth and reveals what he tricky just pulled. He's like, you're a mean man. Yeah. You're not a nice person. Oh, (laughs) that's what he says. Um, uh, he very quickly just joins Frank because then he he lets him down. He's like, "Yeah, I don't like the Saints." Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "I'll tell you whatever you need to know, man. Let's get the Saints." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, okay." All right. And all the while, the Nate Bumpo Bumpo and Spacker Dave, yep, Spacker Dave, are outside and they're like, "He's killing someone in there. We should call the police." It's like, "Oh no, we don't want to get involved, man." Yeah. Like, and so they go back inside. Trustworthy neighbors. Uh, this is when we get the gravestone bit, right? Yeah. Where he plays the, so again, you just said it like the literally worst thing he could have Frank done. Had, he outs had himself. Fully had the ability. He could have come back unnoticed, snuck up to the castles or the saints and killed them all. Yeah, easy. Instead, he's like, all right, elaborate scheme initiate. His month long plan could have been like done in an afternoon. Yeah, a, a day, at best. Instead, this idiot <laughs> he goes to his grave. <laughs> He goes to his Removes gravestone. Removes his gravestone. With like a, a tow truck to or something? Howard Saints Golf Course. <laughs> puts it on the ninth This pole. was like, this was a one good like performance moment for Travolta. Mm-hmm. Because we just see like, yeah, he can go to the gravestone, storming outside or something. And we see him put a chain around the gravestone. Cut to next yep. day. Uh, Travolta is on the golf course and he gets a call. He's like, hey, Howard, I think we got a problem or whatever. It's like, oh, don't worry. I think I know what it is. Camera booms down, reveals Frank Castle gravestone yeah, right on, on the putting Saints course. Like if, 
Frank Castle could get there. He could just been there with a gun, <laughs> yeah. shot him then and there. It, yeah, there's a lot of things this guy could have planted done. a bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, because like he knows their schedule now, and I think this is when he has the idea to like I'm gonna make them kill each other. Yeah, it's so stupid. And that's when I write down like again dot dot dot. This is comical, not the right tone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just I don't understand what this movie is trying to do or go for. It's I, so weird. Yeah, it's like it should be more threatening to do that than it is. Yeah, but like no one's like afraid of Frank Castle because they don't. He's not the they Punisher he yet. Is. He's just like a dude, and like. Again, the music is so like when the camera booms down and reveals the gravestone, it's like, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It's not like your friendly neighborhood Spider Man. It's it's a gravestone of Frank. Angry back alley Punisher. So he go he goes home. He goes. We get like five more minutes of like antics with the neighbors. They're like, I'm peeking up against the door. You think he's home? (laughs) And he opens the door, and we see Dave and Bumpo like just fall on each other yeah like the comical yeah. marx brothers yeah <sighs> yeah i think he this is when he robs howard's bank mm-hmm. right so he's doing all these little ploys just to kind of like intimidation factors and like yeah. trying to like i don't know like he's not just like going for like you know the kneecap and then pop them execution style he wants to like he's but it's not a slow suffer either mm-hmm. like i don't know what he's doing because like he messes with like with their money laundering scheme. Yeah, he goes and to the like, top floor of this building, messes up the money laundering, dumps all the money out the window. Yeah, throws hot soup on someone and the person doesn't yeah. react. <laughs> I don't know. That really bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> he just seemed more annoyed than like boiling soup just got thrown at him. So, uh, and then we 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 get a scene with Howard and some like guys that he's working with. There's guys in Cuba, like a cartel. I think those are the cartel guys. Mm-hmm. Just whatever. And they're giving him trouble. It's like, hey, Howard, like a money, man. Like, this isn't good. You're going to take care of this. And he, he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll take care of it, guys. You don't have anything to worry about. This is a one-time thing. When have I ever let you down? This is John Travolta doing his, like, and mob like, Yeah, it was boss. a one-time thing, but it was a $50 million one-time thing. Yeah. So then... We're back in the apartment. Frank beats up in the abusive ex-boyfriend yeah. of Joan. Rebecca Romaine's ex-boyfriend who's trying to break into her apartment. He beats him up. Talk to the mic. He beats him up. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and, just, and then. Bring yeah, it closer to yourself. Yeah. And then she's like, uh, you're Frank Castle, aren't you? And he's like, I used to be. Yeah. That's what he says. He says, yeah. I used to. It's a, it's a Han Solo line. Yeah. Uh, Do you know the, the story about the day? The day they filmed that scene from The Force Awakens where they're like, you're Han Solo. And he's like, I used to be. They probably went out to some like Nigerian restaurant after rap. And uh, one of the like guys there was like, you're, Han- you're Harrison Ford. And he's like, I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's so good. I love that. Uh, so then uh, that's when we get like a more formal introduction to all the neighbors. Like he gets, he gets, he stole their name. Like Dave with the piercings. Bumpo's the fat one. And I wrote, come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Mine is, uh, his name is Bumpo. <laughs> this is worse than Lieutenant Porkins in A New Hope. Right? <laughs> the Porkins. Uh, so then he, we get more Frank business when he tries to blackmail Quentin Glass. Yeah. Because he like beats up this one guy and then it turns into a gay makeout yeah. scene. So he gets photo- he gets pictures of every member of the family. Yeah. And when then his scheme goes into effect, which is overly complicated. Yeah. So 
that's he, he learns that um what's her name lilith castle livia saint livia saint yeah goes to the movies every thursday yeah and of, he takes pictures and all yeah. that stuff and so and he plants this is the fire hydrant thing right yeah so he goes to her car hot wires it takes off with it but puts a fire hydrant there so the spot will be available when he gets back and so he goes and he parks the car at another hotel where he t- where he calls Quentin Glass and tells him, come to this hotel or else I'll show this blackmail footage of you. But he parks it in a zone where he knows he's going to get a ticket on the car. But then he takes the ticket and he brings the car back to the movie theater, um, which now has evidence that both Quentin Glass and there and Livia were at the uh, hotel at the same time. She's also carrying around like these expensive earrings just in the box in yeah. her purse. Yeah. What's with that? Um, <laughs> I don't know, but apparently reading the IMDb trivia of this, those aren't like fake earrings. Those are actually like real expensive earrings that they just used for this. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, uh, they could have sold those earrings and like got another day of shooting. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> another day of shooting. Uh, get the Kuwait stuff in. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's when there's a diner scene. Yeah. Frank <gasps> and neighbor and company. Are in the diner scene and yeah. Frank's just eating, and then this guitar player walks in. Yeah. Harry Heck Thornton. They don't Harry. use his last name in this, but that's him in the comics. Harry oh. Heck. Uh, he doesn't play the guitar in the comics, so that was an invention for this movie. And the thing is, he is a, an actual country music singer. This guy's not like an actor. I mean, he's been in movies, but he's not an actor. Maybe that's why they added the guitar bit in it. It's like, oh, we got this guy. Why don't we just give him, throw him a guitar? Yeah. Props to Prophet. Throw this guy a guitar. And they give him a guitar. But he opens the case, and Frank's obviously like, very cautious about it yeah. but he actually pulls out a guitar and starts playing yeah he finishes the song and then he leaves yeah and Frank's like oh god and I was like that was a strange scene but it's supposed to set up when yep. Frank gets in his car and he's driving and then Harry Heck shows up and Harry Heck shows up and starts shooting at him but like Frank has this like Batmobile-esque like bulletproof yeah, <laughs> yeah. bulletproofing his car just has to pull down like the shades and all of a sudden he's yeah. good yeah but then Harry Heck makes the logical choice and just flips the car over and Frank can't get out yeah, well, yeah, because like Frank's like losing control and like drives over like a civilian car and flips it. Yeah, so uh, so he almost hits a girl playing soccer <laughs> yeah. in the road. He's like, "You cannot kill another girl, another daughter." And then they get in like a a bigger fight, but then Frank kills him with a knife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the extent of that. A knife that shoots out from the handle. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's <laughs> a Which, knife. What were they called? Like Bowie knives, but yeah. like because like uh, he's like. You lost, Frank, or something like that. And Frank's like, try it. And he presses the knife and it shoots into his neck. Also, again, pulled right from Welcome Back, Frank. <laughs> Wonderful. I love that. I am I think that's my big role here is just to say, oh, this is also from Welcome Back, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Frank. Welcome back, Cotter. And so after that that failure. Doesn't even react to that. What? I said, Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome Back, Cotter. Good TV Welcome show we're not ever going to cover. Fuck you. Um, you think we will? <laughs> Fuck you. You think we will? <laughs> You remember that bit? That was a long time yeah. ago bit. It was <laughs> like I, Orca. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wrote a note in my book around this time that says he just keeps not killing these people. <laughs> He's not punishing anyone right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, the Punisher is not people punishing. Are, people are punishing him more than he's fun. They almost thwart him like five times when he could have just killed them all in the first place. Oh, and this gets close to my favorite bit because then he there's another scene where Frank torches more of Howard's money. Yeah. And then Howard's like kind of panicking at this point. Yeah. But this is 
this is where I agree with you 100% where like he could have gone big yeah. because he just lost more money. He has laundering scheme is going under the cartel guys are like getting in his face and he's like, well, don't you forget we have more guns. And then the guys walk away and then Giovanni Glass like, I regret to inform you, sir, that we do not have more guns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like this could have been a scene where he like, you know, like you said, goes over the top and yeah. does his antic thing. He kind of goes a little big in one line in this that I like. Which one where, is it? Um, it's like the cut right to him. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, 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 Mr. Glass says, like, it's my duty to tell you. And Travolta cuts him out. He's like, it's your duty to make Castle dead. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's when he says, end. call the Russian. Call the Russian. Which, oh, my God. That is my favorite scene in this movie. Oh, my God. Because. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's also pulled right from welcome back frank what the fuck? costume and all he talks a lot in the comic also does not say a word it's like this. the he um they frank, got a wrestler to play him in this frank could like help the neighbors out and so they uh they make a little dinner for him because uh john P- bumpo <laughs> bumpo uh. is apparently a good cook and so <laughs> I lose two years of my life every time I hear that fucking name. Wait till I tell you about. Uh, there'll be more Bumpo brought up in a minute. No, <laughs> I got some good Bumpo facts no. for you. That's just four, four, six years that I just lost. Get some Bumpo trivia. No, eight years now. Bumpo. Oh. Okay, and so Bumpo was good at cooking. So he makes a really nice dinner for Frank, and Frank like comes in and eats it. And they try and pull the old switcher. He's like. I got dessert too, and he and Dave leave the room. And they just and try they and all leave. say what they're thankful for. Yeah, because I think this movie really realized it. Like, oh, we got to make Frank like maybe a little more like a person. <laughs> what What are they all thankful for? I forget. Uh, uh, alive and sober, uh, sober or something like that. Uh, yeah. Dave's oh, yeah, mom's Rebecca out Rebecca of jail. So she's thankful he's sober. Dave is glad his mom got out of jail. Bumpo's yeah. like, I'm glad there was a two for one deal on the on the Stamboli. <laughs> he's he he's thankful for Diet Pepsi. Yeah, he's just Diet Pepsi. This is the dumbest movie. <laughs> Bumpo after credits scene in Spider-Man No Way Far From Home. I want to know, what's the actor's name? John Panette. Where is he now? (laughs) Do you want to know? I want to know where he is. He's dead. No! No! Don't you? No. Is he really? Yeah. No! (laughs) He's a comedian I actually really liked. Uh. Jesus that was a roller coaster Christ. of emotions okay. in like five seconds. In, in Bumbo's defense, <laughs> John, John, John Panette's first uh, comedy special is called Show Me the Buffet. Well, I don't really blame that because most comedians lean into yeah. If they're like yeah. bigger comedians, they lean into yeah. that. So, But when a screenwriter really leans into that, <laughs> then it's like, oh, so what's my name? Oh, so 
Oh, so you're auditioning for Bumpo. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So, um, so the they're thankful for Diet Pepsi. Uh, Bump, Bumpo and Dave leave the room to get ice cream, and Frank's like, "You guys don't have to go, Joan. I'm sorry, but I'm not. I'm not cut out for you. I'm my own guy." And so Frank leaves, and he goes to uh, his room, and Joan, Dave, and Bumpo uh, put on some opera music. And start dancing. <laughs> and so meanwhile, music for this scene. Frank hears a knock at his door and he turns around and he opens it up and it's like Dave or something. Be like, are you sure you won't come? And he shuts the door. He hears another knock. He walks over. <gasps> Fucking giant fist crashes the through the massive door. massive <laughs> Russian dude. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much Ivan Drago busts through the door. Ivan Drago, but like on more steroids. Yeah. <laughs> this guy played by Kevin Nash, the wrestler. Uh, and he just like, <laughs> like grabs Frank. Literally, and all he talks and just like. Arr. This is totally the strangest scene in this movie. Right? It is it's so funny. It is, but like Frank is getting murdered. It's like also again like everything from it's pulled from the comics except yeah. for like the Russians like dumb dialogue about how he uh, wants to get autographs from the X Men and hang out with Spider Man. Yeah. Um. And also, have you guys heard the story of what happened during this fight scene? In the movie? Yeah, no. during the filming no. of this fight scenes. Because, like, you know, he comes in, he knocks Frank around. Frank eventually grabs the switchblade from Joan's abusive boyfriend and stabs him in the shoulder. There was a screw-up in the props department, and he actually stabbed the wrestler on set. Oh, oh shit. Jesus, fuck! And uh, for compensation, they had uh, he had the crew buy him a beer. <laughs> well, in this time of age of discussing of prop screw-ups, I don't think that's... Uh, that's uh, probably a, a, a good thing to do. Right. So, yeah. And David, you, you've worked in the props department. Yeah. <laughs> you've had experience. Mm -hmm. Where was the AD? Like, aren't you supposed to, like, grab the knife to make sure it's not the fucking real one? Right. Mm. It, Jesus uh... Christ. Oh, Christ. Ugh. This industry is broken. Terrible. I mean, I'm sure, like, the dude's a fucking big guy. Yeah. It's like a toothpick went into his shoulder or something. Probably didn't... Probably, like... Rub some dirt on it. Let's move the scene. You know, like he might have been that kind of guy, but like, good God, if that was like an actual actor, yeah. like I'd be like, I'm not filming anything else today. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, no way. And and so this this seems like full so many like comedy gags where like yeah. Frank's getting choked to death and Bumpo's like at the window, but he's looking away. And when he turns back to look at the window, Frank gets like knocked to the floor. Frank literally gets beat up with a toilet in this. Yes. Yeah. And like. They're crashing through walls. How many how many comical fight scenes do the main character grab like a pot or pan and like try yeah. to hit the villain with it? That happens in this, this fight scene. This scene is so funny, but like Frank's gets almost murdered in it. It's Destroyed. very strange. It's like so, the most beat up Frank gets in, in this whole movie. Eventually they crash through into the into the the kitchen room. Bumpo's room. Yeah. And Frank is able to defeat the Russian because he grabs a boiling oil. Off the oven and throws it in the guy's face. Yeah, and ruins Bumpo's stew, mind you. Yeah. Just completely ruins it. And his face is like totally like orc yeah. level. He's gross. like, and then Frank gets up and put, jumps down the stairs with him. Yeah, and, and I guess Russian, he breaks, the Russian breaks his neck on the yeah, way down. And the Russian yeah, dies. they don't really have a close up of it, but in the wide shot, you can like very briefly see like his neck, is, like it's a prost it's a dummy. Yeah. And the dummy's. It looks like his head did like a full 360. Yeah, yeah, it does. It really does, though. 
So, but there's no like close-ups of it at all. So it's just like we just have to assume that when they fell down the stairs. And that... uh, here comes the bumpo trivia. Um, in the comic, <laughs> it's Frank gets kicked in the bumpo's apartment, throws a hot pizza at him to burn him, uh, and to which then uh, Frank then can knock him down, and then. He Bumpo's throws like... Bumpo on him and suffocates him under Bumpo. <gasps> <gasps> no, no, no. Uh, it's this shot of Bumpo over him. And he's like, uh, how long have we been here, Bumpo? Uh, maybe like 20 minutes. Give it another 10. Okay. And it's what? just them just on top of him. Did they just have Bumpo fart on him too just to get the good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus fucking Christ. And I think that's the last I'm time I'm looking we see at Bumpo. the comic panel and he's not lying. Literally, <laughs> Bumpo is just suffocating this guy with his stomach. <laughs> It's like, oh, Jesus hey, you know what it's like? It's like what Walking Phoenix does to the Roman Emperor and Gladiator when he forces his head onto his like kilt thing mm. and suffocates him that way. It's like that, but Bumpo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bumpo. It's like that, but fucking Bumpo. Okay. Jesus Christ. This, I. And so, right how much after longer this, this movie do we have? <laughs> Not <laughs> they, much. They pull Frank upstairs, and uh, Rebecca remains like stitching his wound and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then, then they Quentin hear a door shut and they look outside and they see a bunch of mobsters and Quentin show up. Quentin and all the mobsters. And we get what is the most infuriating fucking scene of this movie. Uh, Frank hides in like a little compartment underneath his floor. Yeah, like a, like an elevator Joe. service shaft or something. And Bumpo and Dave just sit there. They're just sitting in Frank's room. Fine. These mobsters come in and Quentin's like, where is he? And they sit there silent. These guys could have gotten off scot-free if they'd just been like, he was here. He told us he'd kill us if we moved. Yeah. They could have yeah. they, they lied. Instead, they're just like, we're not telling you anything. And Dave like makes this big show about being a hero. And then he gets all of his piercings ripped out. And he like bleeds out. Yeah. Well, he doesn't die. He just gets yeah. his piercings but, ripped but, out. And Bumpo just sits there the whole time and says nothing. <laughs> Which like, yeah, that whole scene was really dumb. Like, I was just like, for the love of God, just say something. Just say anything like, I don't know where he is. That he I, ran Because they did say he's like I don't know anything, and yeah. then they're like I don't believe you. Yeah. Because uh, like um, that's what happens in the comic stores. Like they show up, they're like, "Where's the Punisher?" And Jones like, "I don't know where he is." He just kind of stays quiet and does his own thing. And then they go up to Dave's door, and Dave just immediately goes, "I'm not gonna tell you anything about the Punisher. There's not a damn thing you yeah. can do to make me." And they're like, "We didn't even know you. Knew. All right. <laughs> well, now we know you know him. Yeah. Yeah. That's so annoying." We get the gruesome scene where they rip all his piercings out. Need not talk more about that. Yeah. Eventually, Frank wakes up. He gets out of his little hidey hole. There's only one mobster left. And we get the gnarliest kill of this movie. Right. <clears throat> where Frank goes up to a big old paper cutter and removes the blade and just lodges it in the guy's brain. <laughs> there was apparently going to be a close-up of that, but the uh, ratings association was like, no. <laughs> you cannot do that. For an R-rated movie? I think because like they already did like the family massacre, it was like just too much. Mm. This movie's rated R for pervasive, brutal violence, language, and brief nudity. Fun fact: no blood, no blood. I mean, there's a little bit of blood, but mm. not too much gore. And so, because not he, like Netflix show blood, because they yeah. like they hurt his friends. Frank's like, tonight's the night I end this. And These so he, aren't your friends. He puts his ridiculous scheme into motion. <laughs> ridiculous scheme. He does the same thing again where he moves the car and he, he calls Quentin and blackmails him again, sends him to a random clothing store. Meanwhile, he moves um, Liv Livia Saint's car to the Wyndham Hotel again 
Um, Why does he move her car again? I don't know. Because he already has the parking ticket. Yeah. So he moves the car there. He gets the earrings and he puts one of the earrings on Quentin's bed. Oh, in... no. He doesn't go to the Wyndham oh, Hotel yeah. again. He goes to Quentin's house, which has like yeah. a weird number four in front yeah. of it. And he puts the and he puts her earrings on Quentin's bed and then puts her car back and then has Mickey, who's working for him, te- I feel like Charlie and It's Always Sunny with like explaining Peppy Sylvia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, and then he has Mickey tell Howard he found the parking ticket at the Wyndham Hotel the same night that Mickey earlier claimed that he saw Giovanni Ribisi at the Wyndham Hotel. Wait, wait, wait. Giovanni Ribisi? <laughs> and Giovanni Glass. Wyndham Glass. Um, you turn here. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sound you. Uh, we were talking about Giovanni Ribisi for weeks. <laughs> um, I don't know why I can't get this bit out of my head, um, but I fucking love it. And so... Now, Howard is suspicious, so he goes to Quentin's house. Park is a man. Gets there and (laughs) finds Quentin's not there, though he said he was. He finds Lydia's earring on Quentin's bed. Quentin comes back from the blackmail thing. Jesus Christ. Finds Howard in his house, and then Howard kills Quentin because he thinks he's been sleeping with Livia. Yeah. Holy fuck. And then he wraps him up in a rug. Yeah. Uh, That was was a good bit. Yeah. A good bit is coming up. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Um, also, when he's in that like clothing store, the yeah. background music in there is the same background music from the elevator in Spider-Man Two. <laughs> Jeez, I love that. I love that you uh, know that. That's so, so of course the, I know that. You the, think I'm gonna know important so things? Tight, it's a little tight in the crotch. So <laughs> Toby says, yeah. "Yeah." So he, um, after he kills Quentin and wraps him up in the carpet, then he goes to back to his house where Livia comes home, mm. and he's like throwing her stuff out. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? It's like, you don't think I know about you and Quentin? He confronts her about it. She's like, I know nothing. And then eventually he, like, puts her in his car. Puts her in his car. Drives drives her to a bridge over the railroad tracks. Picks her up and throws her onto the track, where she then gets smushed by a train. Yeah. And he's killed his best friend and his wife. All in the same night. All in the same night. He's like, ah. And he's like, I got to go back to the club. I want a martini. And like, this is good, Travolta bit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is good. This Travolta. is this is good. I wish it was this the whole movie. Right. Like I just want I want where he's at right now. I want he's dialed to like an eleven. I want him dialed to eleven the whole movie. And so he goes back to the club, and his son's like, "Where's mom? Where's Clinton?" And he's like, eh, "Quentin got wrapped up in something, and mom took a train. She won't be back." Yeah. It's good. It's that's really good. that's good. <laughs> that was good. Just the way he says it. Yeah. It's good. Uh, then it's Frank Castle getting prepped for war. Narrating the entire thing. And he time. does like that little weird monologue thing, right? Yeah. He's like, well, he's like number one. Well, the thing is, he's, yeah, he's, he's reading, writing a manifesto, He's reading his numbers. Like, he's like, here are the rules that I live by. He says one. And then like 20 minutes go by. Yeah, because then... And Quentin- then he says number two. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I forgot <laughs> yeah, we were like, doing this. He says number one before uh, yeah. uh, Vincent Saint uh, kills all everyone he knows. Yeah. Uh, and what then was it's number like, one? That's something about like... You know, prepare for, if you. Uh, oh, prepare for war. Yeah. If you want peace, prepare for war. Yeah. Number two is like you know pick up eggs at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three cups of flour. <laughs> Shit, wrong list. I really don't remember what his rule book was. Yeah. It, it was like number two is like uh, in some extreme cases the law is not adequate. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck it. Like this could have been like an actual good moment if the movie had taken the stance of. This is not a good guy, like, because he's literally writing a manifesto like like a mass shooter would mm-hmm. be. And I think, I mean, 
this would have been kind of an interesting take if it had been in that tone of like, all right, number one, if you want peace, prepare for war. Number two, show no, whatever it is. But like it, it's it's basically the Batman monologue of like, yeah. I am vengeance, I am night, I am Batman. Well, because like, like he even specifically says at some point like this isn't about vengeance anymore. This is about punishment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, I am the Punisher. Yeah. And then, I am Mr. Punishment. And again, I am Mr. Punishment. <laughs> and, then, and then more weird superhero music that yeah. keeps like engulfing the whole space. Just the music sucks in this. It's horrible. Um, so then uh, taking the models of his hands. So then he attacks Howard's house. Yeah. He, he goes in a full assault mode. Yeah. No, he, he attacks the, the club. club. Which is in the house? No, no. his house is severed. We don't see the house again. Because they have to use them oh, And, like, the first right. thing he does is, like, we see him setting up, like, a ton of anti-personnel personnel yeah. mines or something. Right. He gets, puts all these mines. He gets the club first. Yeah. And sets all the mines up. And then he leaves and comes back. <laughs> That's fucking weird. And so, Also, he's driving um, Harry Heck's car for this yeah. entire thing to see <laughs> his Pontiac got totaled. So, like, I wrote down he goes full Rambo. Yeah. And I don't just, think Kevlar works that way. He just, <laughs> <laughs> he just starts mowing down these thugs. And he's getting shot left yeah. and yeah, right. Yeah, like no reaction. Stuffing flying Point out from him. Blank range with a shotgun. And it's like, Kevlar doesn't work that way. Mm. <laughs> but he's like, literally like the Terminator. Yeah. Like just mowing down these guys. He, he also Not, uses like a bow and arrow for a while. Speaking yeah. of going full yeah. Rambo. That's why I wrote down he's going full Rambo. Because he's literally doing a bow and arrow. <laughs> Why? He wants to be quiet. Yeah. Oh, great. Silencers aren't a thing. Yeah. And so he... Um, well, because he has compensators on his guns. He can't he, have a compensator and a silencer. He pops, I know nothing he pops about a guns. bunch of fools. Uh, Howard and his son are the only ones left. Right. I wrote down bombs and shit, man. Yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> uh, Howard... Bobby is still... No, Bobby's dead. Johnny is still there. And Johnny's so, like underneath a book yeah, shelf or something. Sh- so Frank gets a mine... T- ties a string to it and then attaches it to Johnny's hand. And if Johnny lowers his hand, the mine will go yeah. down. He's <clears> like, uh, eight pounds of, uh, eight pounds, nothing much, but, uh, when it it's for this, like a few hours, a hell of a workout aggravating. Yeah. Ad- yeah. And so, uh, Frank follows Howard out. John Travolta. He's like, he's like coward away. And he's like, he's like, you killed my son. And then, and then Frank turns around. You hear, and, you're, no! boom! and he's like, both, Both of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> Great moment. It's so good. I love that. Uh, and that's when like it turns into like a western draw. Yeah. Right? Where <laughs> Travolta <laughs> pulls the gun, but obviously Frank gets the draw and like yeah. shoots him. So then Travolta is on the ground, wounded, weeping. Yeah. And he, so then he ties his ankle to a car. To a car. And then Puts the car in like drive. Puts it in neutral. Or in neutral. Pushes it forward. And then it starts dragging Travolta away into this junkyard. He lights the car on fire. I think it's like a car dealership or something. Yeah, it's like a car dealership. First off, the bombs blow up side by side. And like some debris gets on him, but it's not like really doing much to him. He's just getting dragged on his car. And then eventually. He's like, ah! He sounds more annoyed that he's being engulfed in flames than anything. Like it's a minor this is not inconvenience. Not a fun thing to be doing right now. <laughs> and then eventually uh, the car no. is dragging him blows up. Yeah, he catches on fire. He's still alive. He's like ah. The trunk lands on him. I think. Yeah, because yeah, then like the car flips and then it crushes him or something. And it le- and it sets off a chain reaction of all these cars being lit on fire. We cut to a super wide shot from a <laughs> helicopter. And what is the car dealership lit up as? 
it's a flaming inferno of the, the Punisher, Punisher logo. logo. Uh, I have a note for that where it just says, God bless the early 2000s. Because <laughs> like, this is on par with Daredevil writing his logo in gasoline. Yeah. I want to know, how long did it take him to set that up? How many minds does he have? Earlier they said he's an artist. And I, I'll tell you, the man, he, like, <laughs> he's he could have been like, punishing people during that time. Instead, he was rigging up so much of gasoline and mines. In Do you ever cars. think a cop car in the broad daylight was driving and they see a guy pouring gasoline and mines like, oh, well, hold on, Frank. Let's uh, <laughs> let, let's uh, pull over. He's like, excuse me, sir. Dude, Frank Castle's pouring gasoline. And mine's like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> He's like, uh, what are you doing here? Just uh, washing the cars down. Yeah, that's an interesting hose. It's a very interesting hose to be doing that with. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm an artist. Oh, all right. Never mind, sir. It's an art, it's an art project. Oh, okay. Well, send some photos when it's done. <laughs> <laughs> and then drives away. Like, good God. Um, And then again, more victorious music. I just wrote down. Like, I eventually wrote down, this is anti-Thin Red Line. Yeah. Whereas the Thin Red Line shows, like, supposedly, like, heroic actions in war, but it's sad music put underneath it. Hmm. This is showing depravity on screen, yeah. but with victorious hero music yeah. attached to it. So and, fucking off kilter, man. And like this is the same thing as the the scene in The Dark Knight Rises where Batman shows up to Gordon and is like, "Light it," and he lights it, and the yeah. Batman symbol appears on the bridge. Yeah. It's like, how long was Batman up there? Like, like there's spraying like a, that, there's spraying a that nuke gas in the city that can go off any minute. Yeah, Batman could be hunting down the nuke and said he's like, "I need to make smart." <laughs> It's, it's branding, like, man. She, she will come for her. So, of course, it's me, Mr. Wayne. Frank goes to his apartment. Punishment <laughs> I'm going to get the punishment man after you. <laughs> so, also, who wins in a fight? Frank Castle or Batman? Batman? I won't kill. I don't know. It'd be even fight. Yeah. I, it's, I think Batman. They they have fought. There's been Punisher yeah. versus Batman comics. Yeah. And Batman beats Deadshot, and he's yeah. basically the same character. Um, I mean, the Punisher's also fought Archie from Archie Comics. <laughs> I'm not making... He's uh, fought Eminem. He's like, gee whiz! <laughs> kind of. There's a shot of the Punisher with like a gun right up to Archie. <laughs> Jesus. Gotta love comics, man. Uh, this is so, so good. Frank goes to his apartment, and then he points a gun to his head like he's going to commit suicide. And... As horrible as this is going to sound, guys, I'm sitting here watching this. I'm like, do it. (laughs) Shoot. Go on. Be the best. Then he has a vision of his wife telling him no. And so he doesn't. He's like, I realize I am to become the punishment man. Wasted. (laughs) And then, yeah, he 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 moves out. He does the whole thing. Oh, I love it. When he's leaving the apartment, uh, Joan's like, where are you going? It's like, I have work to do. It's like, 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 check the papers. Check the papers. You'll know what I mean. She's like, under what section? obituaries <laughs> and someone the, felt really proud about that line and then the movie ends and it call me the playing. punisher yeah um he leaves money for all three of them yeah he bumpo has uh you know money for some more diet pepsi <laughs> <sighs> so what are our thoughts on the punisher gents uh very strange movie yeah yeah very strange travolta um, I mean, kind of bland. Yeah, this movie. I I did not know what tone this movie was going for. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I it, the whole entire time, like the music sucked. Horrible. I honestly, I really think 
uh, I'm going to be careful when I say this. 40% of its problems could have been fixed with the music. Mm. I, I really think so. I think if the music had been more on point, Travolta had locked into a more heightened tone. I think those things would have made this, like, I think it's someone who said, I think some actors played a supervillain said, you know, these things are only as good as the bad guys. And mm. Travolta's is not reaching that level yeah. in yeah. this movie. I agree. And I also feel like, you know, this is the first time we've watched a movie since the beginning of the Travolta run, besides cameos, where Travolta doesn't really feel like a presence in the movie. Yeah. Like, this feels like the type of roles he's doing now, mm-hmm. where, like, this isn't a showy role. This isn't a big John Travolta role. This is like, he's playing the he's playing the heavy in a movie to be killed by the new kid on town, Thomas mm-hmm. Jane or whatever. Yeah. And so this feels like the beginning of, like, Travolta complete second fiddle now. He's not he's not the lead anymore. He still has a few more gasps of being the lead coming. Could in. you imagine if Travolta was the Punisher in this though? No, I can't. <laughs> I, 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 I can't. Physically cannot. <laughs> I really can't. It would have been a phenomenal movie to watch though. Uh, <laughs> I mean, pretty much it's what I'm not it, sure about. It's that. It's pretty much I Am Wrath. Yeah. Um. Have you seen the posters for I Am Wrath, David? No, yeah. I have not. I mean, it, it's just <clears> like a usual dumb action poster is he like kind of three quarters away turned away from yeah, the poster it's hell exactly yeah. what it is no, so here are, oh hell yeah so this this article is just called we need to talk about these i am wrath posters and we'll talk about this article again when we cover i am wrath so here's the first one here's the second one why is his face look photoshopped <laughs> right <laughs> so why does the font keep changing for the title <laughs> every one of them is different Every one of them is different. We'll post those when we cover I Am Wrath, of course. But um, um yeah, uh, miss for me. Very I w- hollow. I would say, you know, Travolta has some good moments in this. He doesn't ever go all the way, but he has some good moments in this. There are some action sequences that can be entertaining, not in the right way though. Like, the Russian fight scene, I'll watch that shit. That's day. phenomenal. That's fucking great. So, like, I'll give this a solid 4 out of 10. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd probably give this. i give this a 4 out of 10. Probably about the same. Yeah. Um. Although, did you guys know this has a unofficial sequel on YouTube? Yes, I was going to bring that up. Oh, all oh, right. Oh, no. It's not bad. The Punisher Dirty Laundry? Mm-hmm. What? Babe, so, this movie comes out. Um, it's not a major success. It makes fifty-four million on a um, thirty million, thirty-three million budget. So it doesn't domestic disturbance was seventy-five million dollars. Yeah, which Jesus is insane. Fuck, insane. It's like whatever we think about. We watch low this budget, with, high we, budget movies. We watch this like low rent domestic disturbance. I don't know if you've listened to that episode, but um, it's like this low rent like thriller with John Travolta and Vince Vaughn. Cost seventy-five million dollars. There's like one stunt in it. This movie's thirty-three insane right um it's so weird so this movie comes out doesn't really make a lot so the the don't make a sequel they were planning on making a sequel they kept trying to make a sequel and they're like the second one's gonna be the one where it pops off nice try um <laughs> that eventually turns into like punisher it kind of that just it turns into development hell because this movie gets a poor critical reception as well and there's not really a hunger for anyone to work on a sequel to this I mean, it didn't impress anybody it didn't impress no. audiences it didn't impress uh, it critics. has a lot of people who are a lot of people point out the same things that we have that it's not silly enough nor is it serious enough it, it's it's this ugly middle ground 
Like, it tries to be an homage to the uh, urban revenge movies of the 70s. Doesn't quite get it. Um, so it just falls apart. They do make a reboot four years later. Punisher Warzone, which has Ray Stevenson as the Punisher. That was directed by Lexi Alexander. Wait, that Wayne one? Knight's in that also. Wayne Knight is in that as microchip. Yeah. <laughs> which is so funny. Um, Punisher Warzone is also not a huge success. But it does have a lot of admirers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like that one. Really? Yeah. Warzone. Which is also like the name of like a popular run of comics but for the af- Punisher. But after three Punisher movies, none of them being major success, you think they might just like take a step back. Which they do. Yeah. Um, Thomas Jane does make the um, Punisher Dirty Laundry short, which premieres at Comic-Con. It's a 10-minute long short film. You can watch it on YouTube. Um, we're not talking about it because John Trolls is not in it. Correct. But it does exist. It's out there, and I've heard good things about Ron it. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman's in it. Yeah, I'm looking at the IMDb of it right now. It's got an 8.1 <laughs> uh, IMDb score at a 9,500 9, views. Well, coming off this movie, the one thing that everyone agreed on was that Thomas Jane was a pretty good Punisher. Hey, I, he he didn't he wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's uh, he didn't blow me away in this movie. He's a good he's a good Punisher. He got the job done. And I would have like seen a better version of this movie with him in it. Yeah. And that's essentially what uh, Dirty Laundry is just like a good like Punisher moment. Yeah. It's like a little Punisher snapshot. A little bit. Hmm. Yeah. But then eventually the Punisher finally finds his safe ground um, when John Bernthal plays him in Daredevil, the Netflix show. And then he gets two seasons of his own show and then it's canceled uh, yeah. while they figure out what to do with those characters. So that's the rumors that's... of plenty of what to do with those characters. Yes. Rumors of plenty in the next week. Right. Maybe. Wait. Sorry, I missed that. What? We'll talk after we. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll just say no, this is coming out next week. Yeah. There's like, there's a rumor that the Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, is going to pop up in Hawkeye. Oh, the TV show okay. next week, and then Daredevil, and then Charlie Cox Daredevil is going to be in the Spider-Man movie. movie. Spider-Man. There's also apparently rumors that he's going to be also in uh, She-Hulk since that's a legal drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is when the inner nerd's coming out uh, on Travolting. I, I gotta be real. I haven't been keeping up with any of the Disney Plus shows. You watched What If, didn't you? I did. Out of all, it's very strange. Watch? That you watched What no, If. No, no. I I did watch What If, but I watched it like a month after it came out. Yeah. Just because of the Ultron becoming basically a god scene, I saw that one clip on YouTube that Ultron of the Infinity Stones. Like, well, now I gotta watch all the What If things because yeah. someone told me you have to watch all of them because they all carry into that yeah. What If finale. Which I watched it. It's dumb. It's bad. Sorry, didn't like it. What if so? Uh, okay. uh, I liked a few episodes. I did watch the Winter Soldier Falcon show again. Er. Yeah, I wasn't big yeah. on that one. Er. Loki's really good. Loki was. Eh. Wait, you watched Loki? I watched Loki. You just said you didn't watch any of them, and now <laughs> no, you revealed you watched three of I, them. There have the been most five. recent ones. Okay, so you haven't seen Hawkeye. I, I, okay, the most recent three ones have been Hawkeye, What If, and Loki. You just said you watched two of them. Have you just not watched WandaVision? I think no. it's the only one you haven't watched. No, the only one I haven't watched is Hawkeye. Have you watched WandaVision? Yeah. So you've watched all of them except for Hawkeye. Yeah, you've seen... <laughs> you've seen 90%. This man's like, I'm not keeping up with the Disney Plus shows and then reveals he's seen Hawkeye's not even done well, yet, so you've actually seen more like 98% of what them. What other Disney Plus shows have come out? Because there have been a lot of Star Wars ones? Yes. There was, no. There was, two, there was a Star Wars animated show and then uh, Star uh, Wars Mandalorian. Animated. Yeah. I watched season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah, you, you Book pre- of Boba Fett hasn't come out yet, right? Comes Correct. out in like three weeks. A lot of things have been announced, but not a lot has come out. So maybe that's why I think I haven't seen any. Yeah. Because there's a lot of marketing for all these shows, but I just yeah. I you just revealed you've seen all of them. Well, except for Hawkeye. Except for Hawkeye, I, so which is still say, in 
is still airing. Okay, let me rephrase. Like, none of the Disney Plus shows have wowed me at all. Okay. Winter Soldier, Falcon was eh. Loki was eh. Like, I wasn't super wowed by it. Like, everyone... Apparently, I, I missed something when, like, the... What was it? Kong guy or Kang? <laughs> Uh, King the Conqueror, yeah. Kang the Conqueror was apparently like, oh my god, guys, it's Kang the Conqueror! And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Uh, <laughs> like, I, I mean, like, yeah, the same thing happened when, like, well, Thanos was well, introduced at the end of Avengers. Well, the, the, the thing, the reason Loki is good is because it's a deconstruction of Loki, and the yeah. end of it is Loki getting to just meet his writer. Like, I, I don't care about Kang the Conqueror and, like, the larger, like, who's gonna be in the next wave of movies? Like, that's fine, that's fine. But I'm like, that movie, that whole show is Loki trying to figure out why he keeps losing and why he keeps being made a bad guy when he doesn't want to be a bad guy. Yeah. And at the end of it, he finally just gets to the end of time and meets his writer. He meets, like, the Kevin Feige or the, the author of his story. And is like, why is this, ha like, what is the point of this? And has a conversation about why he keeps being forced to be the bad guy. Yeah, just like, a, what is destiny in yeah. this? But then I didn't see it as that deep only because then what was the other Loki Sylvie. Well, because they both, because she doesn't even because know what she her was crime into was. The same thing. Yeah, she was told and there was something wrong with her, but she doesn't know what it is. Her crime is existence. Anyway, we can talk about Loki later. Let's finish up with the punch. Sorry, <laughs> I'm, no, because I'm about to get. In, I can get into a long discussion about this. Okay, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we talked about the post. Yeah, about how it did did not do well. Yeah, Talk did not do well. Um, any it, that. Did it did fairly do, decent in like DVDs. Yeah, sales. it sold two million DVDs, which is huge for the time. I imagine it was yeah. just a lot of confused grandmas being like, my grandson wants the new Marvel movie. <laughs> it has a, a 4K, which I have, inexplicably. It makes sense. <laughs> Their DVD sales were great. Yeah. They would go all I'm contributing to it. But it doesn't get a sequel. And it kind of just, it, it's another ding for Travolta. And it's a weird place where he's at in his career. He's not the the heir anymore. But, you know, I think he, he takes a real chance the next movie. Yeah, Stuart really liked our next movie we're covering next week. How would you know? I haven't talked about it yet. Oh, I just I I have second thought. Yeah. Um, so David, any final thoughts on the Punisher? Anything you want to get out? Uh, nothing too much. I would say uh, the Punisher's always just been a weird character for me, just because like I'm like aware of him, yeah. But I never read any of his stuff as a kid for obvious reasons, and like he, they always try to put him into like kids' media, like he's in the Spider-Man animated series yeah. with a bunch of laser guns. <laughs> um, he's just the character that like Marvel doesn't quite know what to do with a lot yeah. of the time. Like he's good for a brief moment, but never an ongoing. And then he became like a, a symbol for like right wing militia yeah. groups. Oh, and Marvel. Yeah. And Marvel, like, has actively I tried to remove that, that from yeah. it. But at the same time, it's like, how can we do this without well, because, getting too political? Yeah, because, like, they bought into the fact that, like, troops were using his yeah. uh, logo for a while. Also, like, a weird thing, because, like, the, tr the when that started, it was that guy who got the American Sniper book and movie. Yeah. And Punisher, previously in the comics, was referred to in Vietnam as the American Sniper. Yeah. So I whoa wait. So this is um what was the American sniper's name guy? Chris Kyle. Chris Kyle. Really? Punisher has yeah. a really strange political history. Wow. Yeah, because like they just it, he lives in this area where like uh conservatives love him because like he's the Second Amendment come to life essentially. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. God damn, I never thought of it that way though. It's really hard to talk about the Punisher without getting a little political. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like in his original conception, he's kind. I mean. The original creator of the Punisher is like is a very liberal guy, shockingly. Yeah. Um, and has like been trying recently to re like 
recapture the idol, the imagery of the Punisher for good rather than evil. Yeah, like, but it's hard because the character just punishes people. Yeah, it's and he takes a law into his own hands. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's very much of that like the government isn't doing enough type of thing, which is a very conservative stance. True. It's also like there's also just a lot of like mental health you can talk about him because there's a story called the Punisher kills the Marvel universe yeah. where instead of his family walking into a mob execution, they walk into an Avengers and X-Men fight. And so oh, instead of vowing to fight criminals, wow. he vows to fight Marvel superheroes. And that's the only change. He's still identical. He still wears the skull t-shirt and everything. But then he's a bad guy, bad guy. Yeah. But the thing is like, his framework isn't that he really thinks he's doing the right thing. He knows he's a murderer and a piece of shit and that he's really no better than anyone that he's killing. He just doesn't. Wow. The Punisher. It's, it's so strange. I mean, John Berthel is uh Punisher in season two of Daredevil. Yeah. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And I, I did watch the TV series and there are some good moments. There's some yeah. good bits. Cause it does take, I have not seen it. It takes a real big mental health stance on like the PTSD issue involved. And like, he goes to trial. Yeah. Like he actually goes to trial, which is something interesting about, you know, this guy who is a vigilante, like they confront that fact that this guy is a vigilante. And he goes like, to jail a lot in the comics he, also. And he goes to jail in a lot on the TV show. He goes to jail in like season one of uh, his show, the Punisher and Netflix show. And I think he gets broken out. I thought that season. was in season two of Daredevil. In season two, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He, can, you're he meets right. up with Kingpin in because jail. Because Charlie Cox is his attorney and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Um, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I had something else and I completely lost it. Uh, yeah, whatever. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. <laughs> all right. Well, David, uh, not David. Uh, Stuart, any final thoughts on uh, the Punisher? Um, just a very uh, the the film is a victim of no commitment, and I think for all of its lukewarm tendencies, it suffers beneath lukewarm and is bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically that's basically the the vibe on the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well. David, thank you so much for coming out. It was a pleasure to be here. I was really excited when I got to come on because I love this show. Thank you. Oh, we got thank you. You'll yeah. be back. Yeah. At least once. Oh, which boy. we'll talk about in oh, a little bit. No. That that's an off the, the mic thing. David, where... I'm gonna tell you to ignore that phone call when you get it. Oh um, you'll be back at least once. Hailing um, frequencies are always open. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode on The Punisher. You can join us next week where we'll be covering a love song for Bobby Long, which is a real movie in spite of the title. Um, uh, Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com for any questions or comments. Pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. You can find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find me on Instagram at Stuart ninety five. You can find me just out of the corner of your eye. (laughs) (laughs) And as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Cole Johnson for our social media, and Michael Van Bodum Smith for our theme music that is now taking you out. Enjoy your week, folks. Bye.